the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm back in the seat today. Uh, the uh, luscious Linda is doing all right. Yesterday, went and saw the doctor. Uh, they took the soft cast off of her. Uh, what What I was stunned by is uh, I had no idea uh, they were going to put as many stitches in her as they ended up putting in her. I'm trying to grab a tissue here. My nose is running like crazy. But uh, she had 16 stitches, seven on one side, nine on the other. I was also kind of surprised they did stutures and not staples. Staples seems to be the go-to thing now. I know when I had my uh, open-heart surgery, I, they stapled me all over the place, man. I I looked like that they had stopped at some business supply sales place on the you know with me uh, to close me up but anyway uh they took those out found out she has nine screws and uh, two pieces of metal in her ankle and the doctor told me yesterday yeah she had shattered a good part of her ankle uh, but she's not going to have any problems walking once everything heals up. She'll have full mobility. So I was I was really excited about that because I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case or not. Bottom line, uh, they put her in a walking boot, but she can't walk in it for two weeks. <laughs> in two weeks, she can start putting a little bit of weight on it and uh, getting used to that. Then she sees the doctor two weeks after that. And then two weeks after we see the doctor, which I think is the 29th of October, she can begin walking. Uh, She gets to take the boot off and starts uh, walking normally again. So it's going to be another good four to six weeks before everything is done. Uh, The reason I stayed out yesterday is because after taking the stutures out, and evidently this is something that happens quite often, it was explained to me, uh, the nerves are mending, and uh, she started experiencing uh, the best way she could put it, 
these shocks in her ankle. And uh, she said they weren't, you know, overly painful, but they were painful enough and were happening enough that it was really getting under her skin, brought her to tears, in fact. And so I stayed at home and and uh, tried to keep her mind off of that a little bit. And uh, the doctor gave her a prescription for nerve pain, and uh, you can't take it until after uh, the day. You, you take it when you go to bed because it'll make you really wobbly make you tired, make you sleepy, and that's what had happened uh, with her. So um, last night, she got, but she got like the first really good night's sleep she's had in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, I, I've never uh, had my leg broken or I've had my nose broken three times and I've broken some fingers and playing basketball, baseball, and football, but I've never... I, I, I never have broken a major bone in my body, you know. Uh, now, there's people who would probably argue the point that the couple of concussions I have, I probably broke my brain. But anyway, bottom line is is that, uh, you know, typical injuries in sports. Did you ever break your nose in sports, Zach? Have you broken any bones? No. Well, you're lucky. That's good. But, but, you know, that cast they had on her, that soft cast, and they call it a soft cast because the hard cast, it goes all the way around wherever the broken bone is at. Uh, a soft cast, it's it, it doesn't go all the way together. And uh, so they when they get into it, they don't have to cut it off. They just reach down into the pry it open, crack it. And so... Uh, I can't imagine what it's like to have something that weighs three or four pounds on my leg and try to sleep. Because I'm a kind of guy, I don't know about everybody else, but I sleep on my right side. I don't sleep on my back. Don't go to, Typically, don't go to sleep on my back, go to sleep on my side. It's awful hard to do that if you got your right leg in a cast. Just saying, it would be difficult. And I probably would have had trouble sleeping just like she did. So anyway, she's doing a lot better. Uh, I talked to her a few moments ago, and she says she's feeling much, much better now. So hopefully each day now will be a step towards, you know, getting 100% again. She should start feeling better as far as that goes. And the residual pains from the the surgery and all of that should, should uh, heal up. So... That's just to let you know how she's doing. It's my bottom line. You know, I mean, I, I had a doctor's appointment today over at Arkansas Urology. My testosterone had to be measured again. So I went in and, you know, had to go let them, you know, hit me with a spike and pull some blood out. But that's all that's happened to me. I mean, my life's been pretty, pretty good for the last three years. I will say that, you know, when you when you have a five way bypass, that tends to try you a little bit as far as that. By the way, Bernie Sanders off the campaign trail right now. Uh, I don't know if uh, you had heard that, but uh, he's not out campaigning right now. Had some stints put in. I didn't see a full story on that yet. I can pull it up and 
see what they're saying. Bernie's heart scare. Here we go. Bernie Sanders' campaign said today that the Democratic presidential candidate had a heart procedure for a, a blocked artery and was canceling events and appearances until further notice. The uh, 78-year-old Sanders was taken to a Las Vegas hospital after he experienced chest discomfort during a campaign event yesterday and sought medical evaluation. Two stents were successfully inserted, and Sanders is conversing in good spirits, according to the campaign. Sanders' wife, Jane O'Meara, Sanders was en route to Las Vegas on uh, today and said in an email to the AP that her husband was doing really well. Tick Seegerbaum, a Clark County, Nevada commissioner, who was at the Sanders fundraiser yesterday, said the senator seemed fine at the time he spoke well. He jumped up on the stage. There was just nothing visible. Uh, The Democrat field's oldest candidate, Sanders, sometimes jokingly refers to his age at town halls and other events, especially when interacting with younger participants. He is one of three candidates over 70 in the Democratic primary, which was has spurred debate over whether the party should rally behind a new generation of uh, political leaders. Sanders' health issues certain to revive that discussion in the weeks before the next presidential debate that happens this month. Uh, President Trump, by the way, is 73. Sanders' hospitalization came on a day of celebration for his campaign, which had earlier announced the Democratic field's strongest quarterly fundraising number so far. On a telephone call with supporters, campaign manager Faz Shakur said the state of the campaign is strong and touted fundraising total and its first television ad campaign scheduled to launch in Iowa, but those spots were suspended today. The health issue comes as Sanders has been trying to turn a corner after summer that saw him eclipsed as the premier liberal in the field by uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is 70 as well. Sanders has dropped well behind Warren and Biden in most polls and recently reshuffled his staffing in early states to become more competitive. Given his recent stalls in the polls, the timing is pretty bad here for this to happen. Just another another issue to come up and to bother uh, and to, for people to question about Bernie Sanders. I mean, is this... I mean, health always plays a part in whoever is running for president. And with all these people that are running for president and even the president himself being in their 70s, uh, it brings up issues. You know, or, you know, when you're on the other side of 70, you're sure not on, you know, the, uh, the, the upward bound in your life. You're trying to dig your heels in as you start the downward trajectory of uh, your lifetime. So uh, that's something that people are going to have to uh, consider uh, as far as that goes. All right, so taking a look here, uh, uh, let me bring up some of the sound that we've got today. Let's see what we got going on here. I'm looking. Here we go. All right, so I didn't find too many things that were huge 
as far uh, as sound went today. Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, had a statement. Let's play that, uh, uh, Zach. Here's what she had to say about this whole impeachment thing. And Fox News contributor Sarah, good morning to you and and welcome to America's News. Great to have you here. Thank you. Good morning. So Great first you. off, you, you heard from the president there and, and we're multiple days on in this and, and we watched the fallout from that whistleblower complaint. How is the White House handling this? I think in the, the best way that they can, and that's fighting back against the hypocrisy and what the real scandal here is. The only corruption in this entire process has to do with the Bidens. It's not the president. It's not the White House. It's the fact that Joe Biden was uh, acting inappropriately and making probably sweetheart deals for his son. That's the corruption in this process. The president shouldn't be getting impeached. He should be getting celebrated for draining the swamp and following through on another one of his campaign promises. The hypocrisy and the level of fake outrage from the Democrats is really astonishing and something that hopefully the media and the American people will continue to call out as this process plays okay. out. Yeah, same way I feel about it. I mean, the simple matter of this is this is a whole lot of hubbub uh, by uh, the Democrats over nothing. Zilch. Nada. I mean, if you... I know this is really hard if you're a liberal or you're a lefty. But if you can put aside that you don't like this guy, I mean, you just think he's totally dislikable. You don't like how he does things. And you look at just on the merits of this, it's just, is this an impeachable offense? And the answer is no. It's pretty doggone uh, serious. Uh, look, even if you get your your deepest, darkest wish and they pass articles of impeachment, what's going to happen in the Senate? I, I can tell you what's going to happen in the Senate. They're going to find the president not guilty. All right? And... Just this is now we got a replay going on of what happened to Bill Clinton. Okay, when he got impeached. And again, at this point, I got to say, put away your thoughts about about uh, Bill Clinton as far as you didn't like him. You know, he's a back slapping, you know, yahoo or whatever, who had a wife that pushed him and pushed him and pushed him until he finally became president of the United States because she thought by making him president, uh, she'll, she would be number two in charge, so to speak, and that didn't happen, and then she ran for president and didn't get it, and she cannot come to grips with that even yet. I'm sure you saw some of the uh, interviews over the weekend. It's disturbing, to say the least, but... What happened after that? The uh, the Republicans were saying they were going to gain 20 to 30 seats in the House. They lost seats in the House. Democrats gained five, and Newt lost the gavel. Pelosi got it. I'm going to tell Pelosi what's going to happen. Surely you you were there. You went through the Clinton impeachment. Now you're doing the exact same thing that Newt did. 
and you guys think that you're going to get a bunch of seats in the House, and you're even talking in anity that you're going to win the Senate. That's not going to happen. That will not happen. I predict they lose seats, and I predict that uh, Pelosi, after the presidential election and after, as Clinton was reelected, that uh, the president now will be reelected, Trump will be elected, and that Pelosi will be handing over the gavel to who? I don't know, but it will be a Republican. And they'll lose control of all of those committees. I love how Pelosi doesn't call it impeachment. Have you been noticing that? I think we got that in the first cut, don't we? Where she said it's, uh, we got to be nice to the president. How long is that, Zach? Okay, we got to get a break in. Let's get the break in. If we got time to play it, I'll play it for you. Because you got to hear what she says. You have to hear what she says. Uh, don't forget, Congressman Hill's coming up at 335 today. Liz Harrington, RNC National Spokesperson, next half hour, talking about Stop the Madness. Carrie Murphy's going to be in today. Joe and Duck will be in today. State Fair will be here today. It is a just full show on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, a drop in the stock market, a lagging economy, geopolitical uncertainty. Historically, these are what drive up the prices of gold and silver. And that's why you can't afford to miss the gold and silver summit that's coming up. In just 45 minutes, one of the leading experts on precious metals is going to share why gold and silver could be a safe haven that outperforms other investments in volatile markets. Attend this free educational event coming up on uh, the 15th and 16th of the month at 6 p.m. in North Little Rock, and it's being hosted by David Lucas Financial. So if you save more than $250,000, reserve your free ticket now uh, by calling 501 653 6690. That's 501 653 6690 or register online at uh, David Lucas Financial, uh, dot com. Advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, we got news just around the corner here. And uh, when I come back, uh, we're going to have Liz Harrington on. Liz has been on with us quite a few times here in the uh, the last uh, few weeks, and it's always good to have her. She is the RNC national spokesperson who joins us, so uh, you get a lot of really good information. And I want to stop. I want to talk about a new program that will be get underway called Stop the Madness. You can find out all about it by going to stopthemadness.gop, stopthemadness.gop. And basically, this is a a really big uh, GOP pushback on uh, this whole deal dealing with the impeachment that's going on. Now, I will play that part, that, that, that segment with... Uh, Nancy Pelosi before the show's over today. I, I definitely want you here, but we got so many people coming in today and, and whatnot. 
Uh, tomorrow may be better for us to get to all of our, I had a lot of sound planned for today. And then all of a sudden the show just kind of just filled up real fast. So bottom line, we will get to a lot of that tomorrow, but that Pelosi one is especially one to get because she never says it's impeachment. She says that they're doing an investigation. All right, back with you and on the phone with us, back to join us, Liz Harrington today, RNC uh, national spokesperson. And, and Liz, I, I asked uh, Seth to uh, get you for us again today because I knew you were the person to talk to about Stop the Madness. Now, a lot of people <laughs> have not even heard about this GOP uh, program yet, but it's one that they need to get involved with, Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, we this latest hysterical witch hunt that we've been seeing happen over the past two weeks, uh, we've had enough and we decided to launch a new website to for all of our supporters to get involved, uh, donate and volunteer to push back. And it's called StopTheMadness.GOP. And you can get hooked up right with the RNC and the Trump campaign directly to fight back against this complete con job that is falling apart as we speak, right before our eyes in the New York Times, you know, when this whole thing came out, a lot of us were saying, well, this is a little odd. Like this whistleblower, so-called whistleblower complaint sounds very lawyerly. Did he have help writing the complaint? It looks like a legal document, even though it's all hearsay. Uh, Isn't it odd that Adam Schiff is tweeting out the allegations weeks before uh, this so-called complaint was filed, and wouldn't you know it, this so-called CIA uh, whistleblower goes to Adam Schiff's committee. Adam Schiff's committee gets him hooked up with a Democrat attorney who's worked with Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton and donated to Joe Biden, and conveniently uh, writes up this uh, gets help all the way with a lawyer to write up this phony complaint that's been completely discredited. I mean, it's absolutely mad, and that's why we're calling it Stop the Madness. Uh, the, the good news is Americans see through it. Our fundraising through the roof before this latest bombshell completely blew the story and the hoax out of the water. Uh, but we're not going to stop fighting back because this is a setup. It is unfair. It's unhinged. And we're going to keep supporting President Trump. Yeah, here's the key. If they've gone this far, they're going to go even further if they have to. I mean, Cummings said it all and Green said it all when they said Trump might be reelected. Impeachment is the last thing that we've got in our favor. I mean, that's so key. Exactly. This is their last gambit. This is their last hope. They know they can't win at the ballot box. They put all their marbles on the Robert Mueller, who wasn't even in charge of his phony investigation with 19 Democrats who wasted 22 months, $32 million on a complete sham, and they didn't find anything. And now what we're seeing is the same playbook, an unverified allegation from a biased source leaked, presented to the Democrats. They keep it secret. Then they leak it to their allies in the corrupt media. Then they spin it. They dredge up all these hysterical allegations that all fall apart. None of it ends up being true. And and then there's, it's completely baseless. They don't care. They compete. They are still lying to the American people. I hear it on MSNBC and CNN all day that there was pressure and a quid pro quo. There was nothing of the kind. And in fact, 
It was what the Democrats have been up to. They are the ones who have been colluding with the CIA to write this complaint. Mm -hmm. They are the ones with the quid pro quo uh, with Joe Biden and Ukraine withholding a billion dollars unless they fire a prosecutor that was looking into his corrupt son's business dealings at $50,000 a month. They are the ones who dug up dirt in Ukraine, in Russia, in Australia, using the British national Christopher Steele against Donald Trump and using that and weaponizing the entire intelligence apparatus against Donald Trump. We're sick of it. Stop the madness. We have got to end this amazing hit job, which is what the Democrats have been doing since November 9th, 2016. All right. So I I told him I wouldn't hold you much longer than 10 minutes. Let me ask this. Pelosi said that we have to be fair to the president, and this is why it is a, quote, inquiry and not an impeachment. That gives them all kinds of wiggle room. Exactly. They haven't even actually held a vote because she knows this whole thing is going to fall apart, and she doesn't want these so-called moderates in these 19 Trump districts who uh, people, Democrats, who won in 2018 – promised that they would work with the president. Oh, we're moderates. We're going to cross mm-hmm. the aisle. Well, now they're uh, they're joining in the impeachment circus in this course of a rabid, radical Democrat base. We're going to hold them accountable to the voters that elected them. This is why we're going to take back the House. This is why we're going to continue to keep the presidency and the Senate. We need your help, though. Go to stopthemadness.gop. All right. Stopthemadness.gop. Liz Harrington, RNC National Spokesperson, Again, Liz, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. All right, bye-bye now. Yeah, you could listen in back of her, and uh, you could tell that she had a lot of people around her moving her along in a, in a crowd. So, bottom line, she, she look, here, let me play for you. I, I've got the time now. Let me play for you what Nancy Pelosi had to say. Here you go. Listen closely to this. The president undermined our national security because of his credit, what he had done a few days earlier. And the president said, well, I didn't say that in the call. No, the sequencing of it. You have to look at the sequence. A few days before the president withdrew that. Now, why? Why would that just come from the president? There was no, as far as we know, and we all find out if there is, any National Security Council justification for the president withdrawing assistance that had been passed by the Congress of the United States in a bipartisan way. And then the president just on his own decided he was going to use it as leverage. So using that as leverage, we we have supported that military assistance in the interest of our national security, undermining our national security, undermining his oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution because he was overthrowing uh, an act of Congress just on his own undermining the integrity of our elections. And that's what means something to people in their lives. They have to know that their vote counts and that it will be counted as cast. And this president of the United States is stooping to a level that is beneath the dignity of the Constitution of the United States. And our founders, since the chairman mentioned our founders, they put guardrails in the Constitution because they knew there might be someone who would overplay his or her power. They never thought that we would have a president who would kick those guardrails over and disregard the Constitution and say, uh, Article 2 says that I can do whatever I feel like. So this, this is sad. We have to be prayerful. 
We have to be worthy of the Constitution as we go forward. We have to be fair to the president, and that's why this is a an investigate an inquiry and not an outright impeachment. There you go. And we have to give the president his chance to exonerate himself, but he thinks what he did was perfect. So we have that uh, that situation. But I say to my colleagues, calmness, quiet, so that we can hear, that we can hear uh, what is being said in this regard. Again, when on that very day, September 17th, that was Constitution Day, a Tuesday. Two Tuesdays ago from yesterday. All right, that's enough. That now, was she's that... just rambling. Too much Botox to the brain. Bottom line, all right, that's why we're calling it, she wanted to say investigation, and then she said, no, it's inquiry and not impeachment. If they thought they had the goods to nail Trump to the wall, they'd be pushing hard for impeachment as fast as they could. They don't have this president. I think you know that and I know that. Bottom line, New York Times today, I'm not a big New York Times buff, but uh, Robert Steinbach is. He sent this to me. The Democratic head of the House Intelligence Committee, Representative Adam Schiff of California, learned about the outlines of a CIA officer's concerns that President Trump had abused his power days before the officer filed a whistleblower complaint, according to a spokesman in current and former American officials. Now, I would typically say, I don't know if I believe this or not, because this is according to a spokesman and current and former American official. No name, just somebody out there, okay? But since we're going to play this game that they're playing with the whistleblower, then we'll accept what this guy's saying. The early account by the future whistleblower shows how determined he was to make known his allegations that Mr. Trump asked Ukraine's government to interfere on his behalf in the 2020 election. All right. In any way, in that... uh, memo that you read of that phone call did the president ask the ukrainian uh, president to interfere in our 2020 election the answer is no here is what trump has been trying to do and pompeo and giuliani they're trying to find out what the real story is behind the Russia investigation, the Mueller investigation, because there's so much shady crap that went down during that. And to do that, you got to go back and look at the people who were playing during that time. And guess what? Biden was playing at that time. Not to mention, he was also protecting his son. The CIA officer approached a House Intelligence Committee aide with his concerns about Mr. Trump only after he had a colleague first convey them to the CIA's top lawyer. Concerned about how that initial avenue for airing his allegations to the CIA was unfolding, 
the officer then approached the house aide. In both cases, the original accusation was their word, not mine, vague. Vague. Not clear. The House staff member following the committee's procedure suggested the officer find a lawyer to advise him and file a whistleblower complaint. The aide shared some of what the officer conveyed to Mr. Schiff. Now, look, this is the same guy that accepted the word of two Russian disc jockeys that they had naked pictures of Trump. I played that for you last week. I'm sure we probably still have it. If I wanted to, I could play it. Schiff, first thing he did was he was all in. Yeah, I want to see. I want, he probably wanted to see the pictures. All right. President's package bigger than mine? I don't know. Uh, the aide did not share the whistleblower's identity with Mr. Schiff, an official said. Like other whistleblowers have done before and since under Republican and Democratic-controlled committees, the whistleblower contacted the committee for guidance on how to report possible wrongdoing within the jurisdiction of the intelligence community. Now, remember, the committee wouldn't have even taken this up except that just a couple of weeks before it came out, they changed how they would listen to a whistleblower. I mean, it used to be you had to have first hand knowledge. This guy's got second and third hand. He doesn't have any first hand. Just telling you, if it smells weird, it here's what I my daddy always told me. If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it poops like a duck, it's probably a duck. And I'm telling you, this thing walks, this thing quacks, it poops like BS. It smells like BS. It looks like BS because it is BS. All right, let's take a break. We've got uh, about 10 minutes until 3, 3 o'clock coming up. Uh, Carrie Murphy will drop by, new gun show coming up. We want to talk about that, 335. Congressman French Hill will come in and sit down in the studio, and I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about the impeachment. Uh, 4 o'clock, Joe and Duck will talk cars. In fact, person from bumper to bumper who does all the training is going to be with us today and then the state fair at five o'clock all right back we're uh, to about six minutes to the top of the hour here on the uh, the dave ellswick show it, it i don't know how to 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 get past all of this i i have been involved in politics almost all my life. When I was a kid, my dad uh, took me to uh, all kinds of different political rallies that were going on. And, uh, you know, Nixon and and uh, Humphrey. And, you know, he didn't take me just to see what was going on in, on the conservative side. He took me to the liberal side as well. And my first time of covering a a story for a uh, a newspaper uh, was from the Hammond Times when I was a uh, sophomore in high school, and uh, and I was a, a photojournalist at that time at my high school school newspaper, and 
or the, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the book that you get at the end of the year. The yeah. yearbook? The yearbook, yeah. Makes sense. thing that you get at the end of the year, you know, the yearbook. Anyway, I, I, did, I took pictures for that. And, and so I went up to take pictures in Lincoln Park during the 69th Democratic Convention, all right? So, yeah, I was all involved with all that crap. And and I've been, but I have never seen the animosity that we've got now. I mean, it, it's really, really sad. I mean, sad. You see where they were, they had a big fundraiser going out in California. Thousands of dollars had already been pledged uh, to the family of an officer who was killed in the line of duty, and it all fell apart because the police chief wouldn't show up because some uh, Republicans were going to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not bringing, I'm not making any, I'm not making it up, making it up. You know, a police chief, I forget, I forget where in California it was, wouldn't go to a um, uh, an event to raise money for one of his own men who was killed in the line of duty because some Republicans were going to be there. What the hell is wrong with people now? Seriously, what is wrong with you now? You get this. That's a sickness. I'm just going to tell you that is a sickness. And I, I don't see Republicans doing that. I, the people that I see are these people that they can find all kinds of things to say good about Antifa and all the rest of these radical uh I got to remember, I'm not on. I'm not. I'm not on satellite. I'm on regular radio, so I can't call them what I really want to call them. You know, idiots that are out there. They have no problem. I mean, Antifa that shows up and there's a little old lady trying to cross the street in a walker of all things, and they won't even let her go past them. What is wrong with you? There's something wrong with you people. You have a mental illness. You really, really have a mental illness. I mean, I re- one of my favorite things of, of reading in the newspaper every day is the letters to the editor. I'm getting to the point I can't, I can't read them anymore. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing I've, I've ever seen of people saying. Of, I mean, the lies that are in there. Surely the editor of the letters to the editor knows some facts uh, that are, uh, you know, played out in these stories and when somebody is literally saying things that are factually completely incorrect that you just go ahead and still publish those letters to me that shows your political leanings just say i'm i'm just tired of it i really am I'm almost at the point where i want to wash my hands of it and uh, not even come back on and talk about it on the radio anymore. You can't you can't sit down and talk with any kind of uh, logic with these people because they're mentally ill, self-centered. Well, they're mentally ill, man. But I just think about myself, I've known self-centered people. I want what I want. I want it now. I don't care what you want. I don't care how I treat you. No compassion. Don't grow up caring about people. Don't grow up with any church. 
I gotta agree with you on that. It, it's just amazing to me. It really, it just really is. This that story out there in in California, the police chief that literally threw away thousands of dollars that had already been laid raised for a, a, a young man who who laid his life down protecting people in a shooting, and did it because. Republicans were going to be there. He didn't want them to get any credit for helping helping the cause. Mentally ill. Yeah. That's all I can do. Mentally ill. That's Kerry Murphy. We're going to talk to him in the next uh, half hour. Don't forget, at three thirty-five, Congressman French Hill is going to come in. I can only imagine what he's got to say when we continue on the Dave Ellswick <laughs> show. about i'm just telling you there's a gun show coming up october 5th and 6th that's this weekend now i would be there except i got to be in branson i'm going to be doing a uh, remote for the fish 93.3 our our uh, christian contemporary station i'll be up there they're having a cool thing about with these pumpkins at silver dollar city oh carving and all yeah it's cool they they have kind of, instead of having like you know Magic screams or universal, you know, they have their yeah, Frankenstein stomping around the theme park and all of that. Up there in uh, in, uh, in Branson at uh, Silver Dollar City, they have kind of a whimsical thing and a non-real scary thing where you can go have a lot of fun, but, you know, somebody's not trying to, you know, suck somebody's the blood not coming out, out, out and, with a chainsaw yeah, and a jumping yeah. at your neck or something. That's not going <laughs> to happen. So. I'm going up there and talk about that. You'll hear me between 3 and 5 o'clock on the fish if you want to. It was so funny because they told me I was talking to Zach and I was talking to uh, Russ. And I said, well, you know, how how much do I got to, you know, talk? And I found this is the difference between music radio and talk radio. On a music radio station, I do three two-minute breaks every hour. Three two-minute breaks. I'm telling you what, Kerry, it's not going to be can I talk that long. It's going to be can I shut up and, you know, by <laughs> the time my, my part's done, you know. So anyway, yeah, I got to talk for 12 minutes and two hours where I normally do over 90 minutes and, and you get hours. a mini vacation <laughs> in Silver Dollar City. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, yeah. Maybe you get somebody yes, to please. carve a pumpkin like your head. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Make it look like me. So, uh, you know, Murphy Saline County Gun and Knife Show coming up uh, at the Benton Event Center this weekend, October 5th and 6th. Uh, Saturday, 9 to 5. Sunday, 9 to 4. 
280 tables, door prizes, all kinds of stuff going on. And the phone number to call, 501-580-3737. Are you sold out? Can I'm sold out for vendors. No, I got a waiting list. Can't get list. in there, huh? You can't get in as a vendor unless somebody calls in sick. We always sell out early at Benton. It's always a uh, – I'm told That's a big by deal, the vendors man. that it's the best show in the state. Everybody, you know, really likes it. And it is a it is a good show, and we have a good crowd, and we have a wide variety and, and great deals. So you'll find everything. Military, you'll find new, used – um, collectors, $5,000 shotgun, a $200 shotgun. I mean, it's just, it's a wide range, a lot to look at. Knives, it's all kinds of. You're going to add the boats and all that out front, too? We're working on some boats out front. Uh, they're still seeing which ones are coming in. they got some new ones coming in, so well, I don't know how many is going to be out there yet. But we've got booths. We're so sold out. We've got booths and stuff out front with people selling stuff, too. Four-wheelers? Uh, got some guy having a couple of four-wheelers he's supposed to cool. bring over, so. Something new about them? Uh, no, not yet. Like they drive to... themselves while you shoot? No, no, <laughs> none of the none of the, like no, no turrets on top of there the, the talons. <laughs> I, I, the, the talon with the turret would be the next thing out. But yeah, no, we don't. You know, that's. I guess you could have that. You know, if you're hot and cold, instead of sitting out in the, you sit inside your cab. Yeah. You play your video game like a drone. You have your turret set up, and you just <laughs> run your rifle around, zero in on that deer, bam, and then you, you know, you may not have to get out, go over, have some kind of winch that winches it up you just stay in the truck the whole time you should devise this all right you'd sell a lot of them i'm just telling you you'd sell it's for a lot it's of them. People for people that are handicapped and can't get out you know in the weather and, and get around well, so. yeah i'm handicapped when it says raining yeah. i don't want to be out in it anymore i just you know getting cold is one thing i can handle that but getting being cold and wet I don't like that anymore. You know, that's why I was never a big duck hunter. I mean, because you're both of those. You you, got to be out there in the cold when it's miserable and raining. That's the good time, you know? Yeah. And uh, but now I've been seeing these people that have these blinds all nice and set up and heated, and you're all dry, and then you have. But that ain't the way I I was taught when I went duck hunting. You know, it's. But anyway, that's you ever hunted over there, uh, uh, Hamid's place. Uh, no, I've, I've just went over and shot on the range and blew stuff up, but have I haven't ever you, hunted. Have him take you up in his uh, deer stands. Oh, I've got mine all situated with uh, propane heaters and all that, you yeah, know, well, his four is, by four. Air, his is know, not so. propane. His is like you can set the temperature. Oh, he's got thermostat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great, man. I love that place. No, I, I haven't. I didn't get to go deer hunting last year because of campaigns. When you're doing campaigns, it's always in November, and uh, there's a lot of work to do, and you just go this year because you, you won't be able to go next year. Yeah, I know it. Next year is going to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, really, not only are there going to be some great races going on uh, here locally, but there's going to be some real big issues out there. And on top of those, uh, you know, I'm not – exactly sure it's going to there's no doubt trump will win here in the state of arkansas there's no doubt well, about that. i'll be fighting for conservatives oh absolutely over and uh and protecting our second amendment rights and uh you know so well you know i was trying to decide what i was going to give away we always give away a firearm at this show or you know any every show would give away a firearm correct and uh so it sometimes it varies it's a shotgun a deer rifle and i was going to give away a deer rifle Till I had this nutcase call me 
and uh, tell me that uh, he didn't think that I should be selling AKs and ARs at the gun show. No, no, here we and, go. And and that uh, and that you know, as wrong as well, sir. If you want them to come bring take your guns, you're welcome to give yours up, but I'm going to keep mine. And uh, you can have your opinion, and I'm fine with that, but I'm not going to argue about it. And uh, and then he proceeded to start cussing me and calling me names because he had lost the argument. So I, just a dedication to him, I'm giving away an AR-15 this this show. He'll probably be the first person lined up to oh, yeah. try to win it. Yeah, he'll want it. <laughs> he said he him. was an army veteran and stuff, but the, anyway, his he he's I could tell he was full of it. Yeah. I, don't you love the people who tell you they've been certain places and then you start asking them questions and they can't answer them? Yeah. yeah I, you watch. Anybody that ever comes up, if you have Marine being Marine, if you have Marine, it happened to me yesterday. An older gentleman came up and says, when were you in? When did you get out? And I told him, of course, he was a lot older than me, and he told me his years he got out. And every Marine, if they want to know if you're true, They'll say, "What was your MOS?" They're oh. not going to know every MOS there is. Yeah, but they, they you're going to, they're going to know once you spout it off. You may not, you better not look at them like what? <laughs> no, you better <laughs> better spout off your MOS, and then you say your number, oh three thirty one, the machine gunner, and he he'll tell you, oh, 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 17 or something, you know, helicopter mechanic or yeah, you know, but. That's how you know. That's the code that the Marines know. If you know your, you can say your MOS number and what it what it applies to. It's like if you're in the Air Force, we'll ask you what's your AFSC. It's the same thing. It's yeah. you guys call it MOS, we call it AFSC. I don't know. They might call it something differently now, but uh, you know, you better t- be able to tell me what job you did. If you can't, I'm questioning whether you were really in the military. Yeah, uh, I, that's that's the worst. If I if I I can't stand. Uh, you know, people that uh, steal the honor like that, you know. Stolen value. Yeah, it's just not, I guess I ain't going to take it. There's been a lot of people. Uh, Danahy, the, the actor, mm-hmm. remember him? He said he served over in Vietnam and everything. Never was in Vietnam. I don't, never was a soldier. No. You know? And right. now, you know, he just. But you know what? The world's a crazy place now. People yeah. are lying all the time. All the time. And, you know, they get it straight from the top when Schiff can get up on uh, MTV and just make up all kinds of stuff to say the president said this and said that. And then everybody on these CNN and these uh, the fake news media will start posting out like it's legit, and then they don't go back and say, oh, well, he was ad-libbing or he was making stuff. And I'm telling you, that's – well, I don't know how it's going to end, but – um, well, I can tell you it's how getting it's getting closer end. and co- well. It's going to end with the Democrats losing the White House again, and probably the House. Oh well, yes, I hope that. I mean, I, you know, you got to work. You still got to get out and vote, yes, and campaign, and you got to stop illegal actions. You got to make sure people have voter ID and uh, you know protect it. And it's the only way. You, only way you're going to protect your Second Amendment rights is to support the candidate that that is honest with you and tells you exactly what they want. I agree. I agree. All right, so what's the cost to get in? It's $10 adult. That's good for you. So if you come in Saturday, you get in Sunday uh, free. And it's uh, age 11 to 15 is $5. 10 and under is free. Military and uh, police uh, get a $2 discount. So you just show your ID. So if you come Friday and you can buy, sell, or trade if you have a firearm you want to trade in or you got something that you want to sell and you bring them in. We zip time up safe. You go inside and and uh, they ask you different prices and you sell to the, you know, just get the best deal you can get. And 
and uh, it's a, it's a easy to do. All right, Larry wants to join us here in Little Rock. Larry, how are you? I heard something about someone's giving away a really cool gun. Yeah, Carrie Murphy's giving away an AR-15. I need another one. I've only got three, and I need another one. Um, is this going to – but the gun show is where is it at? I have not heard that. It's at the Benton Event Center in Benton, Arkansas, Benton Center, okay. over by the yeah, yeah, Tinsel yeah, Movie Theater. And it's uh, yep, this Saturday and okay. Sunday. So we give it away on Sunday. You come Saturday, and we put your name in the hopper, and we draw for other – we give away other stuff like knives and ammo and outdoor gear. And then on Sunday yeah, at 2.30, we draw for the rifle. But you don't have to be present to win, and then we'll call okay, you. Okay, no problem there. What time do you all open on Sunday? Because i got to head to deer camp Sunday. So what time do you all open Sunday? 9 o'clock. <laughs> 9 o'clock, yeah. I can hit you guys and then head on down. That's yep. perfect. And then I call you at two thirty, and then you say, "Oh yeah," and you can be there by four. We do the paperwork, and you get uh, you know all that clear, and you're not a felon. Boom. Wait a minute, two thirty. You call me at two thirty, and I win three thirty. Yeah, I, I can make it by four. It'll be tough, but I'll be there. That's why we always call it two thirty because some people are you know people come from our to our shows, they'll come two three hours out. And, um, yeah. you know, and so you have to give people at least an hour and a half leeway to get back. You don't know where they're at, but they'll come back for a rifle. Okay. So Larry, are you well, still, are you still down there by Gurdon? Oh yeah. You've been there. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I've got, I've got deer stands. You could actually enjoy. I've got a heater in one and it's big <laughs> and I can just about guarantee you a good buck. Yeah, okay. Unlike that day you came down and, and fell asleep. <laughs> I, I come down to. I'm going to get Dave in the afternoon. It's about three o'clock. We were going to move around, and he uh, and I come down and I'm and I pull. I kind of walk out because I don't want to get shot. And I look down and his head is down in the stand, and I'm looking down at about fifty yards on the other side. It's like six deer, and I'm going shoot. He was asleep. Oh, I was out, man. Oh, that's when they always come out when you're snoozing. When you take a nap, man. God, that's part of deer hunting. Yeah. Napping. <laughs> Yeah. Part of it. Yeah. Sorry to tell on you, Dave. That's all right, no. brother. That's okay. I don't have I, any problem with know, that. You know, I got that beat. I fell asleep on a deer stand at my grandpa's one time, and at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they crossed this fence and went to the pond. Eat. At 4 o'clock, like clockwork, some deer were going to cross. So I get up there at 2.30, and I know I'm early, and I stretch back. It's a big oak tree. I'm sitting on uh-uh. a bucket. I lean my head back. Well, I'm tired, so I'm snoring. <laughs> so my mouth. So next thing I know, I feel something sting, and I hit. I spit. I what the heck? I spit into my hand. A big old bumblebee, man, <laughs> fell out oh. into my hand, and I was like, "Holy moly, what the?" You know, that's not what I said, but I, this yeah, is the, I bet. this is the yeah. version. We got you. Know. you. Anyway, the uh, I got stung in the face Sunday. I got stung in the face Sunday. Oh man! So oh. my tongue, yeah. I, it was hurting, but I kept biting. I thought I'm staying up here. I got thirty minutes. It was three thirty. I got thirty minutes to the deer crossing. I'm going to fight it out. And in about 10 minutes, I feel something dripping down the side of my face. Oh, no. My tongue was swollen up. I preached in there, and it was a half inch thick. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to choke myself to death. And a drool was coming down my mouth. I didn't know it. I jumped down. I left my rifle, and I slid down that stairs. I took off running to the pond to find my grandpa. So yeah. I was like, oh, I, I thought I was. I thought my tongue was going to swell up in my head, and I was going to die. Great Hey, story. man. Hey, I'm allergic to them. I, I got hit Sunday afternoon, and I took two Benadryls right 
there on the spot. I got them with me. I keep Benadryl. Well, you got My to. My wife wants there. me to get an EpiPen. The, the yellow yeah. jackets are the bad ones for me, but uh, I got hit in the face by a regular old wasper. Mm, man. And, uh, not fun. I hate those suckers. I hate them. Okay, so, so when, when does modern guns start, uh, Larry? If there's anybody I can ask, you are the person. Uh, I will give you the exact date. Hang on. It is... November 9th is when Modern Gun starts. That's the second Saturday of November. All right. And that's when it starts. I'll be there on the 8th. Hey, if you want to go this year, let me know. I'll I'll uh, get you down there. All right. I did appreciate you, you, Larry. Larry, did you make it out yeah. to our gun show we had in Arkadelphia a few weeks ago? No, I did not. In September, we had there at the, the fairgrounds, and uh, it was 106 tables. It was really good. I'm going to tell you what. Now's the time to get out to... Uh, one of uh, Gary Murphy's gun shows because this is the last one in the state of Arkansas for 2019. They're the best ones. They are the best ones. My friend Robert, uh, I think, is going to be there, and he's got one of my guns for sale. It's a Roarbaugh 9mm pocket gun. You ever heard of Roarbaugh? I've seen it, but I I don't have one. No, they're nice. It's a, it, They're about $1,500 now. I think we've got 1000 on it. I shot about, I think I put about 40 or 50 rounds in it to break it in and, you know, ran through it. Has he got and, a table uh, or is he just coming through? Uh, I, I think he's going to have a table. He, he, I think he has a table. I'm not going to say his last name, but I think he has a table. Uh, his name's Robert. He's big into it, big, big, and uh, well, I got helping several, out a lot. I, I don't know think about it. I got several Roberts. Well, that, that's, that'd be great. Hopefully, it'll, uh, we always have a great crowd through there, and we've done a lot of advertising, and uh, we always do. Yep. And Dave's show is one of the best to put them on. That's always, yeah, you know, the hunters and, and uh, Second Amendment pro rights. Uh, you know, Absolutely. if you're going to reach them, you got to be on Dave's show. All right. Dang right. But talk, hey, good, good deal, go, and I'll do everything I can to be there Sunday morning. So I'll see you guys. Have, All right. a, have a great uh, great week. All right, Got Larry. It. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate it. Go out and do some tangoing. <laughs> He's a tango dude. He's crazy about that tango stuff. we got to get a break in. Let's get that. We'll be coming back, talk more with uh, Kerry Murphy. We'll give you the dates, the times, the location, all the cool things you're going to have for the gun show happening this weekend out at the Benton Event Center. All right. Back with you. Let's finish up this uh, last four minutes here. We've got Congressman French Hill coming in to the studio. He should be here any moment, should be walking in. Uh, Kerry Murphy is here, and he's got his gun and knife show going on in Benton this weekend, October 5th and 6th. I'll let you give the times, give the costs, talk about the tables, all of that. It's all yours there, Kerry. This weekend, October the 5th and 6th, Saturday from 9 to 5 and Sunday 9 to 4. Come on out to a great show, family-friendly, 280 tables, guns, knives, ammo. Ammo you can't find at Walmart. Guns you can't find at Walmart. We are not particular. We will sell to you. There's all kinds of great deals. Great for kids, too. Pick up a pocket knife, bring your boy around, let him get his first knife. It's a lot of fun. Uh, everybody enjoys it. Riverside Catering's concessions out front, so you have Ooh. good food to eat. Food. Uh, it's uh, the admission is ten dollars for an adult, and that uh, age eleven to fifteen is five dollars. Age ten and under is free. That's good for both days. So if you come in on Saturday, you're going to get back in free on Sunday. And there's a two dollar discount for military and uh, police. So any military and police, come on out. We'll give you a discount. We appreciate your service. And, uh, man, it's going to be a fun time. And we have, a, I mean, a ton of guns, all different types, and whether it's black powder or uh, 
you know, revolvers for self-defense. You uh, got hunting, it all. Got it all. And ammo and tasers. And it's whatever you want. Ladies, there's stuff out there, too. that Some ladies, they'll come with their husbands, and they think, well, there's nothing to look at. Well, we have a couple tables of uh, some jewelry that's made out of bones and shotgun shells and stuff that's really pretty. we got uh, Cincy uh, products. I mean, there'll be some different we'll stuff out there. Out there. With the, Concealed the carry purses. Purses, I was going to say. Concealed, Purple, pink. Concealed carry bras. Yeah. There's all kinds, uh, all kinds of stuff that's coming out there new to the market. Because really, it used to be 70, 30% would be women, 70% men. But now it's really more almost 50, 50, uh, 64. I mean, it's really getting a Close. lot of women. Yeah. And I don't blame them. I mean, it's the self-defense and the nutcases out there. You need to have something for protection. So, yeah. Anyway, here's the key. You have the best gun shows here in the area. I see the congressman's here. Come on in, congressman. You can come on in. Kerry Murphy's here. He's friends. What's going on? Say, yeah, friends. I support French. Yeah, absolutely. I, have, I get his signs out. We we work together a lot. He's the sign master. <laughs> <laughs> he is. When he's not promoting the world's best knife and gun shows, he is the sign master. Yeah, I'll, I'll help as long as they're conservative Republicans. That's exactly right. Hey, by the way, explain, Kerry, that this is the last show this year. Yeah, right now, this is the last one for this year in Arkansas because next week after that, we're in West Monroe, Louisiana, and then we're in Shreveport, and then we're down in Mandeville, north of New Orleans. So I'll be back until January in El Dorado. So now I can't. I won't say that there won't be one that pops up in between. Somebody oh, calls me and has a building. I can one. pop them up. You uh, gotta have one, man. It's gotta it, get close to Christmas. You gotta have a gun. Yeah, show. that's it. That's probably it. When when my wife starts saying what she wants for Christmas, and I know I need to get some more money, I'll drop <laughs> another show in. All right, all right, all right. Don't forget, this is happening this weekend. Always have carry on to let you know when they're coming up. October fifth and sixth, two hundred and eighty tables. They're giving away an AR-15. Just for that one guy that called You heard me say it. An (laughs) AR-15 is going to be giving away Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4. Kerry, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming in. All right. Congressman's up next. Okay, so here it is. 3.35 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. I got Congressman French Hill, and I don't know what question to ask him. <laughs> Gosh, what's on your mind today, Dave? I, there's just nothing to talk about. There's no news. Uh, there's no public policy concerns. There's no political upheaval in our. Not world. at all. No. Not at all. So, did you see the. Uh, I'm not a New York Times reader. Robert Steinbach, who pe- appears on my show quite often, is, and he sent me the article today about Shift. That concern you that he. Uh, had a lot to do with the whistleblower way before anybody knew there was a whistleblower out there? Yeah, I think people – Adam Schiff is uh, not somebody that has a lot of credibility inside the House of Representatives. Is in a very important position. But he's overplayed his hand. He's cried wolf. He's alleged things that aren't true over and over again and mm-hmm. has really reduced his credibility inside the chamber – Today, uh, I heard and noted, saw a note from Kevin McCarthy that he's pr- going to propose to censure uh, Adam Schiff for his behavior. This oh, good. He needs uh, it. Exactly. This is, shows you how dysfunctional this has become, where 
I thought Speaker Pelosi earlier in the year had tried to tamp down people just freelancing in this way, and now it's it seems like it's overwhelmed the process. Now. Did you hear Pelosi over the weekend? Let me just quote something to you. Because it, this just blows my mind of, of what she had to say. I'll bring it up here. I just got to find the information real quick. She was speaking. We, I've got the sound. I don't have the time to play it. I don't want to take up the time that I have with you to play to play it. But she made this statement. She said that uh, they were going to be nice. Uh, we have to be fair to the president, and that is why it is an inquiry and not an impeachment. You know, when I hear that, that tells me you don't have the goods. That's why it's not an impeachment, because you don't have the goods. She, in my opinion, was backed into a corner by the more radical elements in her conference. She had a press conference before the documents had even been released or uh, considered. And three times this House over the last uh, now almost three years have voted, do you want to have an impeachment resolution? And three times it's lost. So last week, twice on the floor of the House, we tried to bring up a uh, essentially ordering an impeachment inquiry, which is apparently what the House rules have traditionally called for through history. Mm-hmm. And she refused to do it. She made a motion to table each time. And, of course, the Democrats control the House, so they won the motion to table that motion. If she's so convinced that it isn't just an inquiry and she wants her committees to work judiciously and speedily, then she ought to have consensus around all the members of the House, Democrat and Republican, and that's the mission of the House. Well, she had the she president. Won't do it. She had the president guilty before she ever seen any of the memos or the transcripts. Right. But now we know on the whistleblower front that Schiff's been manipulating and that since yeah. August. So what's your what's your thought about the change in from first person to well yeah, we'll second and third as well on this. They changed that just like a week before this comes up. Right. In order to manipulate the yeah. process. Well, I'm, I've been disgusted about the whole thing. And as you know, I've been a uh, supporter of the oversight of the House over the president, this president and President Obama. I don't mind that's the job of the House. It's an equal branch of government. You're supposed to be that's watching That's what we're them. supposed to be doing. But this is, to me, is spun out of control what's happened now mrs pelosi's lost control of the house i think insanity reigns in the democratic party now and green is, and those guys are crazy uh, I've, it's been brewing but it's been under now it's completely out in the open i understand the president's frustration and uh, i just don't even know what to say yeah so how much can get done while this is going on anything well it certainly makes it more challenging but um, we can make progress, I think, and I'm encouraged that we are keeping up the pressure to have the speaker bring up the USMCA, the Mexico-Canada-America trade arrangement. Can I just stop you and just ask, yep. what would keep them from doing this? Is it just because they don't want to give Trump a win? I, I view it purely politically. She says that she's been working all summer with committees of her members to raise any concerns and have those concerns explained by Ambassador Lighthouser, who is President Trump's U.S. trade representative. He's been on the Hill countless times. He came and reported to our USMCA whip team two weeks ago that many of those concerns have now been met or dealt with Mm -hmm. through explanation. Uh, And, you know, many times I'm 
I'm reminded of Phil Graham's famous uh, one-liner, which was, I can explain this to you, but I can't understand it for you. Now, he's good, man. <laughs> he, so, was, he was good. He was, Phil Graham was good. Uh, I always appreciated that. But this is one of those things where I believe that she's close to being able to bring it for a vote. And anything that's delayed it is all about politics and not policy. I think they've had over nine months to know where the is each of the important changes from NAFTA are and what the benefits are to the American people. I mean, people. this is going to cost our country millions upon millions of dollars that they that they're not unleashing through this uh, this treaty. I think I uh, I spoke to somebody about it the other day. It was like six hundred and something million dollars that that's sitting there. Right. And, and Canada and Mexico ready to go. I was in Wisconsin yesterday, and, and Secretary Purdue was in Madison uh, talking to uh, the benefits of it to the dairy industry. This is the first crack in the Canadian uh, dairy protectionism we've ever had in this agreement, and it'll be very beneficial to our dairymen in the Northeast and the Midwest. Well, a crack it's better, better than, than zero. A it's about solid, 4% solid of the market. Wall. Yeah, it's about yeah. 4% of the market. We'll be able to, be quite a, that's a lot of money. to sell uh, milk in Canada, for example. All right. Listener sent me a text that says, Dave, please ask Congressman Hill if there are any Republicans in Congress who will step up and support this president. Yeah. So, first of all, I think across the board, people in the House and Senate are backing the president on his – uh, economic plans for the country and are pushing back where we think that uh, the House is overreached in this regard. And let me remind listeners, uh, how about the hypocrisy of this? Not impeachment, meaning what they said about President Clinton versus what they say now about President Trump. Forget yep. that hypocrisy. Yeah, right. How about simply uh, the hypocrisy that we're not making progress on the investigation for the 2016 elections? which has been through for three years the number one talking point of the democrats mm-hmm. president trump's actually trying to investigate the 2016 election and is now being condemned for it that's right and attempted to be embarrassed for it this is what attorney general barr is doing this is what the special uh u.s attorney in pennsylvania is investigating and i think doing a very good job and i look forward to seeing his results and we'll know uh, a lot more than we know now about what happened in 2016 vis-a-vis the Clinton campaign, vis-a-vis what was happening in the FISA court at the Department of Justice. And we'll know more about what maybe outside players were doing, whether they were in Russia or in the Ukraine. Now, i got to tell you, I, Congressman, I sit here every day, and you know I, I've got to sit here and talk for four hours. And it amazes me some of the stuff what the Democrats are doing. It and that the, they're saying that the American people are starting to believe it. I can't understand why they would. It's flat out. It's just a bunch of lies. It is uh, amazing the power of social media and our mainstream media and how quickly unsubstantiated facts, uh, rumors, when they're promulgated by prominent people, get turned into real live situations. And I remind people. Don't take President Trump's word for it. Don't take the Democrats' word for it. Look at the track record over the last three years where we've spent $25 million. We've had 500 witnesses. We've had lots of FBI agents investigate all this information, and it's for naught. 
There was no collusion with Russia by the Trump campaign. There was no obstruction of justice by the the uh, Trump White House. And this is just chapter three of the same story. Do you think that they're doing this just to try to muddy up the president enough that they have a shot at beating him? Do you think that they honestly think that they can't beat this president in the election next year and that's why they're doing this? Well, it's not the most impressive set of candidates I've ever seen, and <laughs> um, I think they, understatement. Uh, it's it is really a real mixed bag. I refer listeners to last Saturday night's uh, opening episode of Saturday Night Live when they covered the Democrat debate, and invite your consideration of that as a good example. So I don't think I think they're in trouble trying to win. They're in trouble. They're not going to take the Senate back. They have a great we have a great shot at taking the House back for the Republicans next year. And so they're fighting tooth and toenail, the permanent bureaucracy, the Democrats in the power structure of the House are all fighting against uh, this president because they don't like him. They don't like his style. They don't like his personality. Uh, They don't like his uh, political positions. And. It is a payback. Uh, I think it's absolutely a payback for the Clinton impeachment. I really do. All right. With that said, uh, when we come back, let me ask you, if we take the House back, who would the new speaker be? Can we talk about that? Sure. Let's do that when we return. Congressman French Hill with us on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's continue on. Congressman French Hill is with us to the top of the hour. So we had a few more questions for uh, I left this talking about, I believe, that if this impeachment thing goes the full distance and it will die uh, when the Senate says there's nothing here to impeach the president on, uh, I think the same thing that happened after Clinton will happen after this. I, You know, uh, the Republican Party thought we'd pick up 20 or 30 sets, uh, seats after the Clinton impeachment, and we ended up. Not gaining them, and they picked picked up up five, five or six. Yeah, Yeah, they picked up five, and uh, we lost the gavel at that point. And I think that's exactly what will happen this time around. Well, I think this is an overreach to cripple this president. And I remind people, you know, uh, impeachment is a serious constitutional function for high crimes and misdemeanors and noted criminal high crimes uh, and noted criminal behavior. Uh, that's why it's only been uh, attempted three times. Uh, I'm counting the Nixon, obviously. And that's this is not an idle thing you go into. That's why I commend uh, Speaker Pelosi for holding back and recognizing it's not good for the country. It's mm-hmm. divisive for the country. It takes a special situation. And, and it's not about disagreeing with either the style of your political opponent or their policies. Look at the Democrats in 1937. They despised FDR's attempt to pack the court. Yep. Didn't try to impeach him on it. They didn't. Uh, they Lyndon Johnson was under severe pressure by Democrats over the Vietnam War. Didn't try to impeach him for it. He chose not to run for re-election, I'm sure, due to part of that calculus and the pressure of it. But this is not how we handle disagreements over style or substance. Teddy Roosevelt invaded Colombia and created the Panama Canal zone in Panama that we know today, he argued, uh, I wasn't going to wait for Congress. I did it so they wouldn't debate the canal and they'd debate me. 
but he was not threatened with impeachment, although many people said what he did was absolutely beyond the power of the executive, unconstitutional, unbelievable, and was on the newspapers every day. So that's what's wrong here, is take your debate to the American people in the election next year. Take your debate on why you want to raise taxes, why you want the government to take over health care, why you want open borders, why you don't want to have law enforcement in sanctuary cities or law enforcement about drug enforcement. Take that debate. And let's see They're on the wrong out. side of the debate. Let's you see, know that, Congress. Let's see that's how, a problem. Let's see. But, but no, we're not going to do that. We're going to allege uh, that conversation uh, with the president of, of Ukraine is an impeachable event. Yep. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try, at least. And they might succeed. I, I had the funny feeling when it comes to push comes to shove, there won't be a, a vote on impeachment. I think that they'll just drop it. We'll see. I have never seen such a fever in the five years I've served in the House. Okay. Well, you're 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 doing it every day. So my question for you is: we got as we're closing in on the final moments. If Pelosi loses the uh, the hammer, so to speak, all right, she loses the loses the power of the speakership. Where does it go over into the Republican Party in the House? Who who are the big power players right now? I think the power players in the House uh, has been a moving target because of the extraordinary turnover in Republican ranks in the House. And that's going to be – there were 40 changes in the last Congress. Uh, they're up to 20 today, I think, of Republicans. Either Why being, is that? Uh, some of it is natural. You know, we always talk about term limits. And I believe the pace of political life in the two-year election cycle in the House imposes a, a very natural term limit. It's somewhere around five terms or ten years. Members have either had a shot at leadership, a shot at committee work, and they're ready to do something else uh, in their lives, mm-hmm. old or young, actually. Um so a lot of the people you see retiring in Republican ranks are from safe Republican districts, and they have served a long time. Or they have some family situation. Sean Duffy's uh, got uh, a child. Uh, uh, his wife's pregnant right now. They're very concerned about the baby's health. But yesterday, Mac Thornberry, wonderful leader for— 20, I know Mac well. Fantastic man for 24 years, has been on the forefront of defending this country. Yeah. And uh, Mac and— his bride, have, they've served long enough, is their view. Well, I can kind of agree with so, that. So, point is, we have a lot of movement in the Republican policy, but clearly Kevin McCarthy in California, Steve Scalise in Louisiana, Liz Cheney uh, from Wyoming, a new member of the House, but someone right. with no uh, minor league political pedigree are leaders. But then you also have Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, um, all of whom have delivered for the Republican majority in the minority in their specific roles at oversight and judiciary. Very different than their early days as an opposition party to the Obama administration. They're demonstrating that more, bring people together in a conference-wide leadership way. So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be, that's going to, you know, Scalise, I think, would be a, a good leader. But, you know, I don't work with him like you do. They all are different people. If you say who brings the team together, who has a plan, who has a strategic plan, who moves uh, the uh, pieces on a chessboard well, I'd say Cheney and McCarthy are are wired that way. Um, Scalise would be close in that regard Um, because you do have to plan 
and know the calendar, know your opponents. And if we are at President Trump in a second term, how to work with that administration to move that legislative ball forward. It's it, it's an art. So are you like Spock? Can you play 3D chess? That's the question. That's the key. <laughs> That's the question. So always a pleasure to have Great you come to be by. With Thanks you for coming Thanks. in studio. We appreciate it. What you got planned for the rest of the time you're in home? Well, I was. Uh, I'm going to have all my school superintendents together, which is something I really treasure to talk about school safety curricula. How okay. are we doing on uh, uh, getting our kids ready to pursue happiness when they graduate from high school? That's a real passion of mine. Uh, I was out at Pulaski County Jail today. Uh, meeting with all of our law enforcement sheriffs and talking about what more can we do to support their efforts to keep us safe. So I'm spending time around the district uh, listening to uh, constituents. Good. Listening is a good thing. You bet. We appreciate you. My pleasure. Good Have to a see great you. one. We'll Thanks. talk to you later. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. hour here on the Dave which It's going fast today because we have had a lot of people here in the studio today. Liz Harrington joined us from the RNC National uh, uh, Headquarters. She's a spokesperson. We talked about Stop the Madness. Kerry Murphy came by about his gun show going on this weekend, October 5th and 6th at the Benton Event Center, 9 to 5 on Saturday, 9 to 4 on Sunday. And then Congressman uh, French Hill was here in the last half hour, and now Joe and Duck are here. And with them, Jerry Roca jo- joins us from Bumper to Bumper, and they brought with them Elizabeth Estes, who is the Director of Corporate Training. And we got a lot to talk to her about because 
she got a lot of new stuff she's going to have to train people on. But, Dave, she also was, it was the first time we had the car show, too. Really? Yes, she, she was. She was sitting yep. in on the meeting when we had the car show, the first car show meeting. Yep. Gosh, I don't yeah. remember. That's a long time ago, man. That's like a decade ago now. Long time. Unbelievable. Very long time ago. Yeah. Actually, they did some of the first car shows that Bumper to Bumper had, Dave. They had, they had, uh, we had a car show. They actually named it Ladies Raise Your, Ra- Ladies Raise Your Hoods. It was the first car shows we did before the um, transition of Duck and Joe and cool. uh, James Evans and Chris and all those guys, everybody that got involved in it. But that's where they actually started the car show with us, Elizabeth did, and her team. Okay, now yeah. I got to ask this question. Don't, you know, hashtag uh, whatever. Uh, don't don't think that I'm some kind of misogynist, but the bottom line is, how did you get involved with Bumper to Bumper? Well, it's um, it's been a kind of a long, long, long time ago that that all happened. Um, it's funny. couldn't have been that far ago. You're well, not that actually, old. today is my 24th anniversary with the company. Oh wow! Now, I would I not have been, guessed. She'd been with us a long time. That's I yeah. She messed you up. Yeah, yeah she did. It screwed up my head there. Yeah. Now, well, now I, I don't know yeah. what else to ask. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so t- tell me about it. I mean, what was it that drew you to Bumper to Bumper? Well, I I actually came to the company working in as a sales support staff person and, um, and did that for, for a few months and then transitioned over into company store operations and, and worked as as um assistant to Bill Schlatterer, who was chief operating officer at that time, and then uh, who's now our, our CEO. <laughs> and I, I really fell in love with, um, with that whole concept of, of store operations and standardized processes for, um, for stores to operate by. And so then um, Bill kind of started a little bit of um, – of training in in the kind of in the back room there uh, at at our offices and and you know I'm I'm a little bit nosy so I'm like what you doing there I want to be part of that and yeah. so and so next thing I knew that was my baby and so we've we've been had a training department started out just me since um 1997 i guess so yeah so let's, let's talk about that because i've known joe and duck for 18 19 years and i know that they have trained their technicians all the time every I mean, day yeah i mean is is this is this something is this something different for bumper to bumper that you do this type of corporate training for your technicians well the uh, our, com- our company-owned stores are, are automotive parts stores, and, and we're suppliers for, for customers like Joe and Duck. Sure. And, um, and so we, we have 175 or so company-owned stores um, across our entire corporation. So we have lots of employee training that we do in terms of, um, of how, to run, how to run a store. And, and it's, we have some standardized ways, like we have a certain way that – that we expect that um, a store manager would close out the day, and reports that they have to have to uh, generate. Yeah, so um, that's that's really kind of where we started, and then um, and then over time, our um, our whole um, 
offering has has transitioned into um, besides just operations, we do some sales training. We we do some training that is uh, along the lines of of um, essentially counterperson training. So teaching somebody who's just who's new or never been part of the business really how to how to answer a telephone call or Especially or to, um, or to Joe, talk to right? Joe when he calls. <laughs> <laughs> what they do is they look at the caller ID and say, nope, I'm not answering. <laughs> yeah, you take to the next one. one. There you go. Yeah. And then um, over time, our um, – and we do lots of other kinds of training to general man- managerial skills and that kind of thing. And, um, and then – over time, we we began to to serve as the liaison between our our vendors, um, our manufacturer suppliers, and um, and our our customers to to bring manufacturer training to to those technicians employed by by our customers, and so um, we're we're the ones that uh, that make make that contact, and and um, when a vendor. As an offering, then then we're the ones that that help make make it happen for um, for all of our customers. All right, so you've been doing this for for quite some time now. How many years now? Twenty one. Okay, twenty one years. You've been working with uh, the people at bumper to bumper stores and uh, in Crow Verling Game, and and so you, you tell me what's the biggest change you've seen besides computers? Well, the just the the whole um, autonomous car, um, the just the computerization of, of everything within within a car, and um, I think I think that's it. I mean, there there have been all kinds of, of other things, but they're they're all tied to that. Yes. Yeah, we, we that's what we yeah. talked about. I mean, I think Joe and I and and Duck are on the same page when I say that we're seeing the. The biggest change in automobiles since, you know, fuel injection. And this is the front end of it, Dave. Yeah, I know. We're it's not, just starting. I mean, we, we've got to like 5 or 6% of this. Wait till we get another five years down the line. You, it'll, it'll, it's going to start ramping up more and more and yeah. more and more every year. You know, as a, as a shop owner and a certified service center from bumper to bumper, you know, the training we get is, is very, very important because without it, we're not going to, you know, I, I say this all the time, and I mean it literally. You can't fix nothing if you ain't smarter than what you're working on. So exactly. basically, what Elizabeth does, it keeps us smarter than what we're working on, and that's very important. And so she brings in, who's the guy that comes by ever so often and talks parts with us? To my Connor? Yeah, Connor. I mean, that, you know, Connor comes Carter. by. Oh, Cotter. 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 Tell, telling us about all you know the different parts and stuff that are going there, and then he talks about yeah I'm going to go by and talk to the guys about them and things. That's what you're looking to facilitate, is that right? Elizabeth? Exactly. So Cotter would would come to my department and and work with us to um, to bring those offerings to to all of our markets. So um, it may be that that we offer say. Um, 50 standard motor products clinics across our entire our entire network in in the course of a year's time um and that's just a single manufacturer so um we all of our manufacturers love to get in front of 
our customers and um, and talk to them and, and make connections with them and and uh, and help them with the technology that they have to offer. Yeah, all of you on on Facebook just saw, you know, Jerry hand me a piece of paper. Uh, there is a training session coming up. This is going to happen uh, Thursday, October twenty fourth. I just I'm just going to read this to everybody, just so, mind up so, so, you, so you get a feel about what's going on here, because this will, this will explain a lot. Standard Pro Training on-site, GM Common Problems and Solutions. The General Motors fleet of vehicles has been changing rapidly over the last half dozen years. Smaller, more efficient engines now dominate a fleet of downsized vehicles. At the same time, full-size gasoline pickup trucks are still very popular, Producing uh, vehicles with high fuel efficiency and customer demands for performance has brought interesting changes. Computer networks and safety system complexity has grown as well. The goal of this class is to prepare aftermarket technicians for the diagnosis and repair of common uh, faults found on the GM vehicles. During the class, we'll present tips and procedures that will enable the technician to diagnose these faults quickly and accurately. So here's what they're going to do. <coughs> Excuse me. After completing this class, uh, you, the technician, will be able to, one, diagnose evaporative system faults, diagnose fuel trim faults, diagnose variable fall, uh, valve lift and timing faults, understand turbocharged engine fueling and evaporative control, uh, be aware of common cooling system faults that may cause head gasket failures, diagnose high and low speed communication faults, and diagnose and repair common GDI faults. Now you know why I say that the years of the of the uh, shade tree uh, mechanic have gone the way of the dodo bird. Well, not only that, Dave, the shade tree don't, can't afford equipment to check it with. That's right. Well, that's why I said it's, 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 it's history now. Yeah, because, you know, when you start talking about a $14,000, $15,000 computer, I spent $28,000 on one for big trucks. Yeah, but when you talk about going in and finding out the codes, the piece well, of equipment you're using could be ten dollars to $15,000. Well, not only one for big trucks, you also, it's got now all the trucks now, the big trucks are automatic. They shift on their own. They downshift on their own. They talk to one another uh through a link of cables, and if you don't have the equipment to talk to each individual one, and then you have to talk to all of them at the same time, you're totally lost. And now Kenworth has just come out with a new transmission that they won't release no equipment. No, they just want their people to work on it. And for another five years. They're mm-hmm. one of many, by the way, that wants oh, that. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is a fight that's yeah. going to continue. I mean, as, yeah. as cars Gee. become more autonomous... Yes, they're going to be autonomous to the point that it's time to get a an oil change. Your car, whether you want it or not, we'll is going to go to some place to get the oil change. Now, where do they go to get the oil change? That's Who's the going question. to have the final say? There you go. Yeah. A- yeah. Absolutely. All right, we got a lot to, think, to talk about. The world of cars, as we know it, is changing, and we're going to talk about that when we return. Elizabeth S. This is our our. Uh, Special guest, Director of Corporate Training, here on the Dave Ellswick Show with Bumper to Bumper, back in just a moment. All right, so Joe's here and Duck are here. They're here every Wednesday at this time, but with them, Jerry is here, although he's getting where he comes by all the time. He kind of likes this kind of 
being on the radio stuff. He likes that. But Dave, he listens every day, though. Oh, I know he does. Yeah, I'm here one way or the other. I know you. Either are. by ears or in person. Absolutely. That's like preferably Saturday. by ears. On Saturday, he's <laughs> always having a cup of coffee, eating a donut, and listening yeah. to us. That's right. So, we'll tell him, hey, uh, Jerry, we need information in a few minutes. Here, pops or right up. Get a text. Pops right up. Our special guest today, Elizabeth Estes, is with us. She's director of corporate training for Bumper to Bumper. And we're getting into the exciting part of this discussion now, and that is all the changes that are coming up over probably the next decade. Over the next 10 years, the car, as you know it, that you drive right now is completely changing. It, it, it will be able to think on its own. It will talk to the car next to it out on the road. Uh, if you have a car that's older, I'm sure you're going to have to put a device on your car that will allow it to talk to other cars, or you won't be able to drive on the roads that we have well, in the future. That's kind of like the new the new trucks, Dave. I mean, you, if you tried to make a le- uh, move over from one lane to the next without kicking a turn signal on, it'll fight you. It, it will not hardly let you get out of that lane. And you know how they get away from the fight? <coughs> Turn it off like pretty, mine no, is. Pretty soon there won't be a driver in there. It'll just yeah. be a computer driver. Well, that's scary. Yeah, <laughs> the truck. The truck will be driving itself. Wow. Well, you saw Wolverine, didn't you? See it? the movie Logan? There was a take on. You know, it was about Wolverine, and they showed all the trucks driving around, and they they looked like they were about ten inches, you know, wide mm-hmm. on the front because there were no drivers in any of the trucks. They had that in that movie, which I thought was pretty cool. To what well, they're referring to. You just think, Dave, in another 10 years, all the 18 wheelers, there will not be a cab on them. Well, that's what I'm saying. It won't be nothing but the engine with a cover over top of it. It'll go to a certain spot, pull in, stop. Someone else will go out there and get the trailer and go deliver it, hook it back up, and then it'll send it back to Arizona or to wherever it's going. It's really. It's changing. You have a little R two D two head up there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. So, the, and so we bring Elizabeth into this as director of corporate training. Uh, are you already working on, you know, writing up the manuals for this stuff? Well, thank goodness I'm not the one who has to do that. Um, the the engineers and and um, and folks with our manufacturers are the ones who who will will help us come up with. With but let me that stop you and say, don't, when that is sent to you, don't you sit down and say, if I can't read, sit down and read this and understand it, then it needs to go back and be rewritten? Well, it might be that, that Joe would understand exactly what it means or, uh, or Duck, but just because... I don't understand it. Is um, yeah, it's a good thing I'm not the one who's teaching <laughs> that. <laughs> they don't want me. Well, let's go back. We were talking during the break. There's another training that's getting ready to happen. This one's going to happen in Dallas. Is that what I? It is. Understood? It's uh, it's at the Standard Motor Products um, um, technical their corporate training facility in uh, in Irving, Texas, and it's it's a specialized small small class uh, i think they they cap that at maybe 10 people or something like that and it's a hands-on class for for technicians and so um and they're offered in in various topics but um but actually joe has has a couple of guys or one or two guys that are going um, who are you sending down there who do you trust to send down there joe uh mike jones is going and then the following week uh, melvin james is going they're going two different classes one's on programming and modules the other one's on some diagnostic OB2. stuff yeah obd2 yeah. diagnostics yeah. okay yeah. so so they'll spend 
two days and two full days in class and part of that's that's classroom and then and then there's a there's a full garage in in the facility there and so they'll spend probably half their time that they're in class they'll they'll be doing diagnostic work and and that they have cards that have programmed to have problems and so it's it's the technician's job to figure out what's going on with that the instructors sabotage them and they say now go fix them (laughs) That happens too. Yes. Yeah. But but Dave, you learn more doing that. Twenty seconds. Go ahead. You learn more doing that than you do trying to figure all this stuff out of a book. When you can put these on it, he's it holding makes up a his world hands. For you on the radio, could, could not see that. They can't. He held his hands Look. up. Yeah. <laughs> but when you can put your hands on it and you can feel it and touch it and you can sit down and figure it out, I can sit down and figure something out. It may take me a few minutes, but I can figure it out. All right, so Joe and Doc and Jerry and Elizabeth will be back with us. Let's pause right now. Here's what's happening around the world. All right, back with you. I just got notification from my wife. Uh-oh. I want the Dairy Queen steak <laughs> finger basket or ching, uh, chicken finger, whatever they got with gravy for dinner. Please love you. Don't come <laughs> home without it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what they have for supper? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be Dairy Queen's night. I will say Dairy Queen has the hottest chicken sandwich around. You know how all of them talk about how ours is the spiciest? I've had one of theirs, and it was so hot that I could not eat all of it. Wow. And I like spicy stuff, and that was just like putting actual lava in my mouth <laughs> you know it was hot i mean really hot that's like my she likes uh, jalapenos oh yeah and she'll sit down with a jar of jalapenos and just keep putting them on keep putting them on. and then she'll be i look over and sweat and be pouring off oh, yeah. sweat. oh I, i'm eating these jalapenos to keep right on yeah because i buy the the jars of cheese by the chips right mm-hmm. and then i buy a, a bottle of jalapenos and when i go to heat it up I take about a third of that jar of jalapenos and put it in there, and then I heat it up, and then I <laughs> sit and eat and watch the ball game. And sweat. And, and that, well, I'm already doing that because I'm watching the Razorbacks, you <laughs> yeah. know? I'm yeah. always sweating about them. I don't care how far ahead of they, they are. All right, so Joe is here, and Duck is here, and Jerry's here, and Elizabeth's here. Elizabeth is a special guest today. She handles uh, Bumper to Bumper's uh corporate training she's the director of corporate training how do you tie all this together elizabeth i mean you're talking about teaching technicians you got to teach the people in the stores how to take care of the technicians and then you got to teach the people that are bringing the products in to bumper to bumper and getting them to the stores that take care of the technicians who take care of the customers so to speak it's a big chain it is a big chain and uh, uh, over the over the years uh, the department has grown from from just me to a department of five of us now and uh, i have i have one person who it's not all of his job but his one of his primary responsibilities is organizing and and um, and getting all of the arrangements made for the um the clinics like we were talking about um earlier and then um and then we we offer 16 or 17 different class offerings within within our company as well that some of those even we do two or three times a year so 
we're we're training almost every week of the year and um and it's some of that is is um something specialty like heavy duty product and um the whole way of of um doing a look up on that it's pretty intimidating for for a counter person who is used to plugging a you're making model into the computer heavy duty doesn't work that way at all and so it's no. pretty intimidating for somebody and it and so we try to take the fear factor out of that and and okay, teach, so teach them how you. to do that okay for a listener out there how is it different i mean how is that different isn't it just plugging well, in numbers and stuff well that can explain that better than can, i can you can take two three trucks you can take a peterbilt uh a, a, i mean a peterbilt uh uh, Kenworth or Freightliner, they all look identically the same as far as the brake shoes and everything, but it could have a, 40, a 4709, it could have a 4715, it could have a Q, it could have a Q+. Plus. You never know what's – I've dealt with them so much, I can walk up and look, and I call Mike over at Evans, and I say, Mike, I, ne- I need so and so and so and so and he, he said, you're the only one that can just walk and look at something and call us – just like eighty nine dryer, I called the other day and I said, "Mike, I need eighty nine dryer." He said, "Do we have them?" "Yep, you got them." Look on book page, so and so, so and so, and and uh, but a truck is not like a car because if I buy the truck or Joe buy the truck, Joe may want it with a Caterpillar in it. I may want it with a Cummins in it. Joe may want it with an automatic transmission in it. I may want it with a twenty four speed transmission in it or eighteen speed. And it all everything changes on a truck. Even though nowadays, if you call like Kenworth, the first thing Kenworth asks you, I need the last six of the VIN. And they'll punch that last six in and they'll ask you, is this a so-and-so year model truck or a so-and-so year model truck? Because they reuse the VINs every so many years. They re, you know, they'll reuse the VIN. Huh. And so that's where the confusion you know, comes in. <laughs> bad confusion comes in. And, but, but the thing is, no 18-wheeler now, once you get inside the cab, all the Kenworth inside the cab, you know, the the knobs and all that are pretty well the same. But when you get on the outside of it, it's all totally different. It's like, you know, the main thing they use in, in brake shoes nowadays is 4709s, Q-pluses. That's okay. Everybody has went to that. And they if went, you say so. And they went to a 64. <laughs> you lost me at 4709. <laughs> me too. <laughs> they, Over my head. They went to a 64-864 drum. Which is a hub pilot drum, and a lot of your trucks, unless you get a truck that's running up into the mountains, and then they'll stretch the brake shoot, stretch the brake shoes out. Instead of uh, six inches wide, they'll stretch them out to eight, eight and an eighth inches wide, eight, eight inches and an eighth inch wide. All right. And then that makes you know the brake drum got to be there. And then you go from a a, a thirty thirty brake chamber to a thirty forty brake chamber. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you. Is it just just a ton of more information necessary? Yes. When it comes to trucks, when it comes eighteen wheelers, when it comes from anything from a from a two ton up, that's when everything you spec the truck the way you want it. I had the city of Benton call me not long ago. They was buying new fire trucks and said, "What specs do I need?" Okay, I'll sit down and figure it out, and I'll call you back because you can spec the fire truck all the way down to how much chrome you want on it. Doc called them and said they need to be painted red. <laughs> with chrome some of Shiny them aren't chrome. red anymore some of them are green yellow yeah yeah high viz yeah they're mm-hmm. they're going to uh, uh chartouche yellow is what they're going to okay 
But now a lot of your cities like Benton and Conway and, and around here, they all still want the red ones. Traditionalists. But mm-hmm. now when you get on Air Force Base, they're high yellow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the chartreuse is yep. exactly right. They're high yellow. Like those golf balls that you need to use when you get a little older. <laughs> so you can because see if you look, if you ever go to a volunteer fire department, which I where I live, I have a volunteer fire department. For a long time, they had yellow fire trucks that they had got from the federal government. You know, federal government had them and said, okay, we'll give you this. You can never sell it. You can never get rid of it. If you ever get rid of it, you got to bring it back to us. Or you go through a channel of paperwork, and then you can I can send it over to Jerry's fire department. He can use it. Okay. But a truck is totally different from a car when you start ordering parts. All right. So let's move back and now talk to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you talked about... You're having all these different uh, training times for technicians. I'm I'm, I'm going to kind of stick with the tr- technicians right now. Okay. How isn't that going to become more and more? Uh, you're going to have more and more training than what you've ever had in the past because more and more is is changing as far as cars absolutely and um you know i i think we'll see some some different ways in which training is delivered and uh it'll be rather than than just a clinic like like we've been talking about um it might be that that there's a little small dose kind of a a a training that you know that is when you encounter a specific problem then then there's there's a, a training solution for that that um you know if you I'm sure these guys have um, have resources that they subscribe to that 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 provide the, those kinds of um, training, and um, that is that's over and above what what we do. Do you all in bumper to bumper do like? I mean, a lot of people go on YouTube to to see things. Do you guys produce your own videos so that your technicians can watch them? No, we're we're not doing that kind of training just yet um we'll we'll just still yet, rely right? <laughs> <laughs> i think we'll we we will be moving toward that um in terms of our company's company employees and and offering that to our independent jobbers but um and and that's more general kind of knowledge and but somebody who's actually going to have their hands on the vehicle they're the source of that training is going to come from an engineer or um, or somebody who who has has built that. So, so question for you, I'm and you, Jerry. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're up in the hierarchy over at Bumper to Bumper. How is this going to change for for you all? I mean, uh, you're talking about standard teaching the people a lot of this stuff. How close do you have to work with the different parts manufacturers? For training, we really have to work close with them, Dave, because they're kind of our backbone to the training channels that we offer. I mean, we have a lot of things. We have an online. Don't forget about online training. We still offer that. <laughs> We've got through our own website source, uh, my place. It's actually a link through my place for parts. You can begin car, call cars on demand, and it's online technical courses that we offer. You know, particularly for the certified service centers, you know, actually other technicians can get on and other, other customers, but specifically for the certified service centers, they can get on there and take those classes. Also, the vendors, AC Delco, Motocraft, they offer online courses as well. You know, so so the uh, e-commerce training is still a big part of our industry. But yes, we, we have to work close with these vendors and uh, any kind of uh, resource that we can get. And Elizabeth and her team works really well with these channels of 
getting the training into to, to the field so we have those uh, tools available for these certified service centers, all our other customers, whether it be heavy-duty, traditional auto parts, uh, traditional auto repair. Uh, we They do a good job of channeling all that through. So Correct me if I'm wrong, Elizabeth, but the average person out there driving their car has no inkling whatsoever how much training goes in to these technicians and counter people and folks who run these uh, bumper-to-bumper stores to make them work like a well-oiled machine. Sure. I mean, certainly there is is a huge amount of training that, that's required even for the simplest kind of um, maintenance or repair. And um, and so when you're pulling up at, at the shop in, in your SUV or whatever, you, you know, you don't have any idea what it's going to, what's behind just getting an oil change you know and so oil service today is important because it's complicated yeah let's go back to manufacturers have have oil service not oil change yes oil Uh, service types of oil they're built with and and you know you can you can do severe damage to an engine and and the training that uh, bumper to bumper provides us with they get those classes that you know we attend and our send our text to it, it actually helps us so we don't make mistakes and and damage a vehicle so it's very very important all right let's take a quick break final break for this hour when we come back we'll continue elizabeth estes is our special guest and she's the director of corporate training for bumper to bumper all right so um, as we've always told you bumper to bumper has been around for 100 years long time they know what they're doing you don't stay in business for 100 years unless you know what you're doing and one of the things that you have to do is you must tell your people who work for you that they're doing the job well and so i i'm hearing here by what you tell me jerry i'll let you talk about this uh and fletcher lord is in the picture here both fletchers yeah so when he when he's standing there i'm I'm like hey man I'll let the big boys talk about this. <laughs> Tell us about this award, an ACE award. Yeah, uh, I didn't know it until Elizabeth told me that they actually won that. Uh, they made a trip to uh, Washington, D.C., which is incidentally where our next national convention is going to be held. When's that going to be? 2021, is that correct, mm-hmm. Elizabeth? Yeah. So uh, they were up there uh, with that program in Washington, D.C., and they got the ACE award while they were there. And, and a lot of that's attributable to Elizabeth and her team. You know, for what they do to uh, help the company, both the store level and the shops uh, at every level of our company, basically, with training. So it's, it's a pretty important award. Uh, well, let me just I'll let read her what talk it says, about it. And then she, she can talk okay, about it. Okay. It says this award annually recognizes industry companies that demonstrate a dedication to investing in the growth of their employees' knowledge and skills through access to professional development and career opportunities. And as you've been listening this hour, you know that is exactly what goes on with Elizabeth Estes as the director of of corporate uh, training. Go ahead and talk a little bit about this. Well, this was was quite an honor. The the this particular award is um, is presented by the Auto Care Association, which is is the 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 voice for our industry in uh, in Washington. And so um, the it's 
it includes manufacturers and it includes um, vendors, other companies like ours, um, and um, and so we were we were nominated and and awarded uh, this particular um, excellence in education award. Um, we're we're very very proud of it. It it is only possible because of the value that that our ownership sees in in investing in training and um and has given has given us and and my department the latitude to to execute that as as best as we know how and so we we try to respond to what um what our customers are asking for and um and what what our store personnel need in order to to do their jobs all right so now i got to ask this question you all are responsible for training all these other people. Who's responsible for training you? Well, um, we we are um, probably already geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably actually a little a little bit negligent in training ourselves, but um, but we we try to take advantage of um, of training association. Um, there there are associations that um, that that are um, all about training and um, and providing new new methods and and that sort of thing and um, and we we like to observe and and so we see something uh, you know a, a topic that's that's of of interest and you know it may be that it, we think okay well how can we apply apply that particular kind of knowledge to um, to uh, our situation and so we we develop a lot of our own training internally. Um, I'd say ninety percent of it or more. All right. Elias Bumper to Bumper Headquarters has some training for us too. They they offer some internal training for us time to time. So that uh, that's pretty significant as well as our vendors. You know mm-hmm. they provide a lot of training for us. All right. So, so people, conferences and all yep, of that kind of right. thing. Yeah. yeah. People want to know why Bumper to Bumper mm-hmm. has been in business for one hundred years. This last hour should give you a pretty good indication that not only are they going to celebrate their 100th birthday this year, but in about 100 years they'll be celebrating their 200th mm-hmm. birthday because they're doing it right. That's correct. We yeah. can't fail to recognize the people in the field, too, that this training, Elizabeth and her team, as well as our people in the field, our regional managers, district managers, outside salespeople, they all contribute to help make this training happen. And then you have locations. people that work with yeah. you, Jerry. That you send them out to out west with us, you know, and they're they're a bumper to bumper certified service person, and and you send them out with a a really cool group of people, and they help make uh, different kinds of decisions out there. Absolutely, yeah. If right, we, Joe. If, if we see something <laughs> that we need training on a particular item, whether it's EVAP or. Uh, uh, any type of you know exhaust training like duck all we got to do is mention it to these guys and somewhere down the line in the near future we'll see a course on that because they recognize the fact that we're saying we need it so they step up and they bring you know mm-hmm. find and a good trainer too, Joe, and provide it if we need it everybody out there needs it absolutely you know it ain't just me or joe needs it the whole system needs it and this is why you go to a bumper to bumper certified service center is because they are kept up to date on what's happening in the industry absolutely that's important that's really important elizabeth it's been a pleasure it has for me as well thanks for Thank coming you. by this is your first time on radio it is yeah 
I can tell that's why I sent for the glass of water. I could see a little <laughs> bit of dry mouth happening. That happened. She did great. Yeah, you uh, great. did really, really well. Well, thank you very Super. much. All right, Joe and Doug, thank, thank you, you very much. Appreciate you, Jerry. Thanks for coming in. Let's get a break when we come back. You know where I like to go about this time of the year? I like to go to the fair. I don't know about everybody else. I like to go to the fair. Give me some of that fair food. I get to eat nasty. Well, it's not nasty. It's great tasting, and it's really good, but might not be the best for you, but I can put away a lot of it. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. couple of guests here during the final hour we're going to start off with blake boland he is with the uh, arkansas state fair got a lot of information to get out to you and then at 5 35 robert steinbach will join me by phone we're going to talk about some of the new uh, information that has come out today about adam shift and other things going on with this impeachment effort uh in the house but before we get to all of that let's talk fun I'm talking fun here. All right. Oh, yeah, lots of fun. Dude. All right, Blake, let's start off. First of all, what dates are the, is the, flight, uh, the fair going to be going on? October 11th through the 20th. Uh, we start a week Next weekend. All right. Oh, yeah. Right. Didn't take me long to figure that one out. <laughs> all right, so you guys are going to start next weekend, and it will go for how many days again? It'll go for 10 days. Okay. Looks like you're going to get some fair weather now because uh, I was looking out at the at the weather forecast and it looks after tomorrow the weather is going to start becoming more fallish right where you got highs in the mid 70s and lows as low as i'm seeing next week and into the 40s that's exciting uh the people are going to really enjoy that weather and uh we always like to think that around the time the fair starts is when the weather starts to get cooler and by the way i didn't see too many mentions of rain Hey, we've had some days. fairs hey, that have, last year we had six days of rain i know uh, kind of really hurt us financially but uh hoping for a good uh, strong year this year okay so let's uh let's tell them all the really important and pertinent stuff at the beginning we gave them the dates they know where it's going to be at now cost how much are your tickets sure uh and you can buy tickets online at any time uh, at arkansasstatefair.com there's actually discounted tickets uh, up until the fair starts. So up until October 10th, you can buy tickets online. Adults starting at six dollars, children starting at three, and seniors starting at three. Wow, we that's also, good price. Yeah, we also have group rates of five dollar tickets, but your group has to be a minimum size of twenty folks uh, to get that five dollar uh, per ticket discount. Good for churches, absolutely. 
Also, online during the fair, the 11th through the 20th, you can still get discounted uh, tickets for $8, $4 for children, and $4 for seniors. And on-site gate admission price will be $10 for adults, 5 for children, and 5 for seniors. So to get the best value, I would buy those tickets online. I'm just saying, you buy it at the gate, that's still a great price. Absolutely, man. absolutely. I mean, serious for all the stuff that goes on at the fair, that's absolutely. a lot of stuff. That's good. It's a good price to get in and have some fun. We've got all kinds of free entertainment once you get in the gate. Uh, $10 for parking, and then you'll pay your way in admission. Um, and then only things you'd really have to pay for would be food, drinks, and, and rides if you're into that sort of thing. I like the way he said that. If, if like, you're not into the food of the fair. Oh, I mean, we're a food <laughs> That's fair. That's why everybody goes everybody to the fair. Everybody knows we're a food fair, Dave. Yeah, man, that's great. It's, it's amazing. I'll get Cat Robinson on here. There you go. And we'll be talking about food, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. On the 9th, you guys are allowing the media to come over and taste the food. Yeah, well, every year we like to do a, a, an event called the Media Luncheon Event. Uh gives an opportunity for all of our wonderful media partners to uh, come out, taste some of the new foods going on at the fair uh, for best tasting and most creative. So it gives us a good gauge of kind of what's going to be a popular seller for that fair. The best one we've had in the past? was scorpion pizza scorpion pizza is always there that was really good and it is exactly what it sounds like all right so on top of getting in uh, you can save a lot of money by getting a ride band yeah absolutely so the way that the ride bands work um you pay it's unlimited amount of rides for that particular day only uh, rides start in between two to three dollars per ride so if you buy a ride band and plan on riding more than 20 rides then you have more than uh, paid for it and again you can get those discounted online at arkansasstatefair.com up until october 10th starting at 25 dollars during the fair the 11th through the 20th there'll be 28 dollars for a ride band and then on site during the fair 30 dollars for a ride band that's a de- that's a good price i'm just telling you you can ride all day long man. absolutely and uh you know throw up at least twice it's good <laughs> good time to go over and have fun all right concert deck seating this is something that started just a few years ago give you a place to sit where you can get out of the crowd mm-hmm. and uh sit up a little higher and see the band a little bit better yeah so we have uh two vip concert decks that we call them you have access to a cash bar uh some finger foods and access to your own private porta potty that is on each stage so it's really a great deal to kind of get out really important to kind of get out of the (laughs) out of the crowd it's absolutely very important to have that own bathroom yeah Uh, but unfortunately but fortunately for us uh the first concert friday october the 11th we got rick springfield coming in and we've already sold out of those vip concert have seating. you really already. that doesn't surprise me rick is great in concert yeah and we've had him at the fair uh, a couple of times over the past 10 years and every single year it's been they a great show uh so he uh he loves little rock and little rock loves him back an australian who loves america oh yeah no way. I mean, uh, Jesse's girl and all the rest that you'll hear from Rick Springfield, he's a, he's very, very, very good. You'll love him in concert. He's fantastic. Absolutely. All right. I'm looking at that. We're going to go through the, the, the names. They got probably one of the best uh, series of groups that they've had in, in several years. Uh, Saturday, October the 12th, you've got Craig Morgan coming in. Mm-hmm and uh craig uh, country band craig's a country artist kind of a more modern artist uh one of his uh, most famous songs is called the redneck yacht club which a lot of uh <laughs> folks around here probably know the lyrics to. okay 
And uh, Ralph, is it Trevant? Ralph Trezvant. Um, Trezvant. He is okay. a former member of the group back in the 80s and 90s, the New Edition uh, R&B group. Sure. Uh, so he is coming as a solo act. Um, he's been at the fair as well, and uh, he's been he's been great in the past. All right. Now we're going to get into some groups I know. Tuesday, October 15th. If you don't know this group, you ain't been around. The Oak Ridge Boys are coming in. Another fan favorite there, Dave. Yeah, no doubt. You know, giddy up, giddy up. All right, you got to remember them. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, October 16th, tell us a little bit about this group. So, Tragically White, uh, we like to... Local band. Local band. We like to highlight at least one local band on the main stage during the week. Uh, and uh, Tragically White has been well-known, seen at the Rev Room in downtown and playing all kinds of venues. Just fingers. played at the Monsters of Todd here oh, yeah. just recently. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, they're going to draw a great local crowd. And uh, I'd like to also point out that most of our openers for all of these bands are local acts. So, you know, starting in anywhere between uh, 645 and 7 each night, you can come out and see a great local band opening up for all of these great headline Good. acts we have. Yeah, we'll go back. We'll mention those local acts because I like to I mention the local groups as well. Uh, Thursday, October 17th, it's the Zach Dunlap Band. Yeah, another great uh, country artist, uh, Jetway Performance Group, opening up for them at 6. Um, you know, just we got some really uh, good mix um, between country, classic rock, urban, R&B, and uh, even through in a 90s band. All right, let's keep on going here. Friday, October 18th, the Gin Blossoms are coming in. Yeah, very excited about the Gin Blossoms. Uh, there's They've had six top 40 hits in their lifetime as a band, so mm-hmm. really great quality band that we're bringing into the fair. And Just Saying is going to open for them. Yeah, Just Saying, uh, a really good friend of mine is a lead guitarist for that band. Cool. Uh, so it was awesome to give them an opportunity to open up for uh, Jim Blossoms that Friday. Saturday, October 19th, a, a fan favorite, Sawyer Brown. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's going to put on a wonderful show. I've seen him in concert a couple of times, and uh, really looking forward to having them there. Got a couple of opening acts for him. Uh, Bailey uh, Heffley is going to bailey does a great job oh she's wonderful she's really she good. Is, she's been on my show here she may be the next big thing that comes out of this market uh, as far as as a uh, musical talent and she's really good you've heard her here on the dave ellswick show you know that She's going to perform at 545, Jason Pritchard at 645. Yeah, he's a, uh, a guy out of Branson, Missouri. Um, we had an employee actually on vacation in Branson, saw him uh, at a bar and was so impressed with him that he relayed that information onto our entertainment team as cool. a possible opening act when we were looking. And uh, sure enough, we got in contact with him and he'll be opening up. All right. And then the... Uh, Final band, Sunday, October 20th, the Daz Band is coming into town. Let it whip. That's it, baby. That's a very famous song. Uh, They're going to put on a wonderful show. Um, And uh, something else we're doing that's cool on that Sunday, uh, we're doing Fiesta at the Fair for all of our Hispanic uh, community here in Little Rock. Okay. We've got three... Hispanic American bands that will be performing on the main stage starting at 1 and wrapping up around 4 o'clock. So it'll be a great Sunday afternoon to come listen to some Hispanic Let me tell you what, some of the Hispanic music, if you know who I'm talking about, the tarantulas and people like that, those Mm -hmm. are fantastic bands. Absolutely. I mean, it don't matter. Uh, You don't even have to understand the lyrics. You can understand the music. Yeah, the music is always wonderful. Yeah. All right, so we're going to come back. We got more to, time to spend with Blake, and let's talk about some other things that are going to be happening, like 
no horses and cowboys this year. Something a little different. Something different. But I bet you you fill up Barton for it. I bet you we do. And I bet you you do. We'll talk about it. Stick around. Important that you know about this. Your kids are going to go nuts here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back here with Blake Bolin. He's an account executive with the folks over at the Arkansas State Fair. Fair runs October 11th through the 20th. Start buying your tickets right now because they're really, really reasonable. Buy them online by going to ArkansasStateFair.com. Right now, uh, you got $6 for adults, $3 for children, $3 for seniors, and uh, for a group, five dollars minimum of twenty. They go up as you as you wait. Uh, parking is ten bucks, and uh, I'm not going to go through all the things about parking. They got ride bands that you can buy online until ten ten. It's twenty five dollars online. Ten eleven to ten twenty twenty eight dollars on site at the gate thirty. If you want your tickets, you want to wait until you get to the gate. It's 10 for adults, 5 for children, 5 for seniors. I'm just telling you, if you wait to the end, you're still getting a great deal. Absolutely. So it's a fantastic deal. All right, so no rodeo this year. No rodeo. All Um, right. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, so long story short, um, the fair was having to put up a great deal of money to get the PRCA to sponsor the event. And gradually, over the last five years, we saw attendance dipping. Our numbers were dropping. So it was a losing effort on our end. And, sure. Uh, as far as the entertainment's concerned, it's a losing effort for the fans in attendance with those low attendance. Sure, numbers. you want them to come. You want to have something that they want to go out and see. Exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of where we uh, where we came to yeah, this decision. And so here's here's the key. They know for a fact. All you got to do is go over at the big uh, Verizon Arena, soon to be you know Simon's Banking or whatever. It's going to be Bank. Simon's Bank. Uh, bottom line. You bring in the monster trucks, the people follow. They will come. Uh, and we've uh, had a successful event actually at the Arkansas State Fairgrounds in January uh, doing a monster truck show, and it was wildly successful. You know, I can only imagine packing the, the place out, the families, place. the kids loved it. Uh, you know, there's beer well, for so sale, close. there's earbuds. I mean, you name it. It's a great show, and it's uh, about a two or three hour show as well. I mean, you think about it. You go to Verizon, you get nosebleed. You can see them, and you can hear them, but it ain't nothing like being as close as you'll be in Barton oh, and yeah. can feel those engines oh, yeah. pulsating. You bet. Uh, so we're uh, putting this on with Amp Motorsports. Um, we have some exciting uh, monster trucks. We've got six coming. And uh, fun fact, we're bringing back uh, Bigfoot, a pretty, oh, pretty well-known monster sure. truck. Uh, his first appearance at the State Fair in over 24 years. Wow. So this will be an historic night uh, for Bigfoot fans and monster truck fans alike. Uh, so we're really looking forward to hosting that event. Now check this out. The tickets are ridiculous. I'm just telling you. And it's not because they're so expensive. Uh, advanced tickets are $12 for kids, 17 for adults. If you want a VIP ticket, and I'll talk about that in a moment, 25. Day of the show, it's 15 for a child, 20 for an adult, $30 VIP. Now, let's talk about VIP. Uh, the Motorsports Monster Mash tickets available at Fairgrounds Box Office and ArkansasStateFair.com. The six monster trucks, including Bigfoot, free pre-show pit party, 
at 3 p.m. Talk that's about a, that. That's a wonderful opportunity for the kids to kind of get on the track, uh, take some pictures with the trucks, the drivers, possibly even uh, get a ride on one of the ATVs, some things like that. Ooh. So I, I highly recommend any families with children that are interested in this event, get there at 3. It'll be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for your kids. One thing to see them from away, another thing to stand next to them. Oh, and I'll be, I'll even be amazed. Uh, you know, I'm, I sit at six foot four, but they make me look minuscule. Yes, they do. They'll make you look small. Uh, meet and greet with the monster truck drivers. I'm, that means you can get some pictures with oh, the drivers. Oh, yeah, pictures opportunity, some high fives, some hugs, you name it. Gotta so. love that. Gotta love it. ATV races and horse show trick riders. So uh, in between some of the stunts that the monster trucks will be doing, um, it takes some time to fuel them back up and and fix them up after some demolition type things. So kind of the in-between acts, they'll have some uh, ATV races on some obstacle courses and then some uh, horse trick riders with uh, lassos, things like that. So you'll be entertained for the uh, entire show. That sounds good. Talk about that VIP ticket is is all of this for just a normal ticket, or is this the VIP ticket? That's actually for all for a normal ticket. Oh, wow. Your VIP ticket does get you select seating. Uh, you'll be dead center, middle, two sections on both sides. Um, and Ooh. we've also got a wonderful opportunity with our main sponsor, the Steve Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Store out off Colonel Glen. Okay. You can go out there Friday, October 18th, and with a qualified test drive, you can get a voucher for a regular ticket to the Monster Mash to be upgraded to a VIP ticket for free. Oh, wow. All you've got to do is go out there and get a qualified test drive. They're going to give you a voucher, and you'll redeem that voucher at the box office for a free VIP ticket upgrade. Wonderful deal there. All right. Now, there's, you know, the food, you know what's coming. Do you know some of the new stuff that's coming, what they're going to be serving up? I do. I have a a pretty good understanding. What are we going to serve up here? So we actually have a deep-fried three-cheese lasagna coming to the fair for the first year. We have a deep-fried Cornetto uh, coming in, which is nice, a dessert dish uh, okay. with strawberries, whipped cream, you name it. And uh, one of the most intriguing ones that we have coming in, it's a, it's a dessert as well, but it's called the Wonder Stick. The Wonder Stick, okay. So to give you listeners an idea of what I'm explaining here, we've got a U-shaped waffle cone okay that has openings on both ends okay that is then filled with your ice cream flavor of choice chocolate vanilla strawberry swirl you name it and it's filled all the way through to where ice cream is coming out both ends now the difference between this and a normal waffle cone is it never gets soggy the material that the waffle cone is made out of makes it stand so it's a wonderful opportunity to share or if you're really hungry you can have it all to yourself yeah, bring out your girlfriend or your significant other. Let her start on one side, you start on the other, you'll meet in the middle. That's right, Dave. You always <laughs> want to work it out that way. All right, we've got two minutes left. Let's run through uh, that Rick Springfield is coming up on uh, the first night of the fair. He's going to be playing at 8 p.m., also happening at the fair. I'm going to run through this real quick for us. Craig Morgan, uh, Ralph Tresvant is coming in he used to be with he used to be with the new edition okay uh oak ridge boys tuesday october 15th wednesday october 16th tragically white thursday the 17th the zach dunlop band the gin blossoms are coming in friday october 18th 
Saturday, October 19th, Sawyer Brown and the Capitol off on Sunday. Get your funk ready to go. October 20th, the Daz Band will be going on at 7 p.m. And that's right, Dave. And again, uh, you can see the full list of concert lineups, uh, everything that's going on at the State Fair at ArkansasStateFair.com. And there is still VIP concert deck seating for every band except, except for Rick, Rick Springfield. Springfield. So uh, go get those uh, nice VIP upgrades. I'm sure you won't forget it. Jesse's girl. Yeah, you got to be able to sing that song. Yeah, man. he sings it he'll, a He'll better. do that song. Oh, I did an interview with him when he was on his Land of Oz tour. And the opening act, let me take you back, Quarter Flash. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Zach doesn't even know who I'm talking about over there. He's like 17 years old. He doesn't know. <laughs> he has no idea who Quarter Flash was. Blake, thanks for coming in. First time I've ever met you. You did a great job. Yeah, I appreciate it. Ralph uh, usually being comes in. Yeah, and uh, I want a, a bit of farewell to Ralph as he's entering a wonderful year of retirement after the fair this year. 41 great years in the business, and uh, happy to be following in his footsteps. All right, Blake Boland. Don't miss the Arkansas State Fair. All right, back with you. Robert Steinbach is joining me by phone. Can I tell people, uh, Robert, that the reason that you're doing it by phone is that you re- you you refuse to drive during rush hour? No, you can't. So go back and rewind <laughs> the tape. And, what? What? Are you kidding me? I didn't move out of the Northeast to drive around in rush hour traffic, and it's just as bad here in Little Rock as it is in any other city. It's the rush hour traffic is a bear, and the people that are listening to me in, in their cars right now know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, especially if you're on 630 and you're trying to get onto I-30, you know how bad the traffic can be there at that juncture. Oh, it's, it's terrible, crazy. that junction. It's terrible. And you see that every day because you're in the law school. Yeah, I do. I do. I drive over there all the time. That's exactly right. I tried very much to avoid rush hour. Uh, you know, I, my class times are not generally right at the rush hour time, but sometimes I'd have to drive to or from during rush hour, and I'll leave earlier the house to get to school just to avoid uh, rush hour. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about some things that have come out now since the last time you and I have talked, which was yeah. last week. uh Wow, Monday of last week. It's been a That's right, no, Friday. Monday was, was we, we had a little bit of Friday. Yeah, you were here oh, on yeah, Monday. On. Yeah, right. That's but, right. So, so yeah, Rosh Hashanah. So let, let let's That's talk. Right. Let's talk a little bit here. We have found out one that uh, the complaint, the whistleblower's complaint that came forth, right. uh, typically there had to be a first-hand account. In other words, I That's wouldn't. Right. You had to have taken part in something. And been there, and suddenly right. that rule was changed, and it happened just a couple of weeks before this whistleblower's complaint came out. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Does, does that not say deep state to you? And I'm serious yes. here. Oh, there you go again with the deep state. It's conspiracy. Let me tell you, Dave, uh, what I love about the leftists is they make all of these inferential leaps. Ten times over, like they're in a frog hopping contest. Yeah. But when we have side by side such 
dramatic evidence, and there are two, two dramatic pieces of evidence here. One is a dramatic change in how the rules are being applied right before this lawyer-written document comes to light. Mm-hmm. And the second one, by the way, is if you go back where they say where uh, Biden openly and notoriously, as the phrase goes, said, I got this guy fired. I demanded he was would be fired, this Ukrainian prosecutor, in exchange for $1.2 billion of American money. And every leftist on television, uh, Jake Tapper on CNN, I keep hearing him do this. I thought he was at least marginally respectable. There's no evidence to support, says Jake Tapper, that Biden did that for any other reason, any corrupt reason. Everybody else wanted that same outcome. Yeah, here's the thing, Dave, about conflict of interest law. When you're in that position, you're not supposed to be doing that because – We don't have the ability to read minds, so we don't want you to be in the position of having dual motives. So when they say, well, there's no evidence, what kind of evidence are you looking for? A mind-reading machine? Him making a statement to Obama, hey, by the way, I'm going to go over there and fire this guy because it may have negative implications for my son if he doesn't get fired? Or what about his statement where he said, I never spoke to my son at all about his overseas business, and yet then there's a picture of Biden, his son, and the overseas Ukrainian businessman all playing golf. What did they speak about during those 18 holes? Golf? I doubt it. So every step of the way, the Democrats make all of these elaborate inferential leaps that are, listen, don't get me wrong, they are logically possible, but you need evidence for them. And when it comes to their inferential leaps or inferential leaps that apply to them, people like Jake Tapper says, there's no evidence to support it. It's a debunked theory. I'm sorry. That's a false statement. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, if anybody's paying attention, they know it's a false statement because, look, yeah, other countries wanted that uh, prosecutor out of there, but you know, Germany or France or whoever else was against this guy didn't show up and say, hey, look, uh, you get rid of them or we're going to pull $1.2 billion from you guys. Well, that's exactly right, David. It even goes further. Here's the funny thing. The guy could actually have been a corrupt prosecutor. I have no idea, of course. And Biden could have wanted him out so as to protect his son. Both of those facts could be true. But what the news does intentionally, the leftist news, that is, is intentionally say it's either one or the other. Guess what? No way. And this is a matter of high school logic. Like, you don't need an advanced degree in calculus to break this code or a special Spider-Man decoder ring. This is rather simple. Both of those facts can be true. And so when Trump said to the president, uh, the current president of the Ukraine, you know, I've heard about these questions and I would like you to look into them. That's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. And here's the irony. They say, well, he did that because it would benefit his his campaign. Hey, wait a second. Maybe he did it because it's also the right thing to do if there was wrongdoing by an American, if there was wrongdoing by the prosecutor in the Ukraine, if there was governmental wrongdoing. 
So that's the, that's the irony. It's one or the other for the leftists. But when it comes to Trump, it's only one, and it's the wrong one. And yet there's no evidence, no evidence to support that he, Trump, made his request. And I'm going to get to that point in just one second about request. Made his request for the purposes of helping his campaign because you've got to jump through some hoops. The first of which is that Joe Biden would be the Democratic nominee. Let me let you know a little secret, Dave. He ain't getting the nomination. He's too moderate for these lefties. And then here's the other thing. Every report in the press, go pick up the New York Times today. I know you don't want to touch that rag, but go pick up the New York Times today. And it says that Trump pressured, pressured the Ukrainian president to do this, uh, to look into these matters. You know, Dave, if you're working at a business and you had the temerity to even think about approaching a woman to ask her out, because, you know, these days, uh, heterosexual interactions are, are those that are generally not permitted in any context. Yes. But putting that aside for a moment, let's say you had the temerity to ask, and you went up to her and said, oh, hi, Jane. Um, I was wondering if you'd like to get a cup of coffee after work. Uh, you know what? That's still legal. I don't know how much longer it will be, but that's still legal. But if you went up to her and pressured her or pressed her, you said, Jane, I need you to come have a cup of coffee with me. Well, that would be illegal. So we know the distinction between a request and pressure. And yet you read the transcript. I read the transcript. Yep. There's nothing pressure laden no. about the request Absolutely at all. Not. In fact, he's apologetic in a sense. He's like, hey, you know, maybe you guys should look into this thing. Yeah, can you do How me can you do me a favor? You know, I mean right. Yeah. Right. Do me a favor? That's pressure. Yeah. It, you know, tell to that to the victims is. of actual pressure, by the way. Tell that to the people who have actually fell victim to inappropriate pressure in any context. And then they'll tell you. No, that's not a request. That's pressure. And I know the difference and, and vice versa. That's not pressure. What pr Trump did was a simple, bare-bones request. You're telling me that the president of the United States can't request without any strings attached, without any linkage like Joe Biden did, request a, a leader of another country to look into something that Trump aptly says might be, might be wrongdoing. All right. I want to take this next story, I'm, and then I got another question after we talk a little bit about it, and that's about Adam yes, Schiff. He is mm -hmm. the uh, Democratic head of the House Intelligence Committee. He knew about this whistleblower a long time before the rest of us did, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That came out today. I mean, they've been keeping this bottled up in secret, and, it, and a good reason for that is that they didn't want people to know that uh, they knew about it early on because here's my question did he know did he know about this before they changed the date or the rule yeah did he know about knowledge. it after they changed the date because if he knew before they changed the date did Schiff talk to the CIA about changing the date on the on the right, you know, by date you mean by the rule that the allows first-hand or second-hand knowledge exactly Absolutely. that's right that's right look Schiff's fingerprints are all over this thing. The press has already reported 
even though they're leftists, that shift directed this person to a lawyer. Don't get me wrong. I'm a lawyer. I've got no problem when anybody goes to a lawyer for any reason. A lawyer is a counselor. A lawyer provides advice. But we read that document, by the way, last week, and everybody said, boy, that doesn't sound like it was written by some bureaucrat. That sounds like it was written by a lawyer. And nobody spoke up. But now that it's leaked, Schiff says, oh, well, yeah, I kind of sent him to a lawyer. Really? Really? Why didn't you mention that last week when everybody was saying, boy, this is written in a rather lawyerly fashion, which is not prohibited, but it gives more context. It gives more information. Nobody from shift staff nor shift mentioned, well, of course it reads like a lawyer because we directed this person to a lawyer. They weren't going to disclose that. The same way shift didn't disclose the fact that he got punked when a a guy pretending to be a Russian speaks to him and it's recorded and it's out there and available to be listened to. We played it on the show. I know it, right? And he says, hey, I got dirt on uh, on President uh, Trump. And he didn't say, oh, hold on, I got to contact the FBI. He says, send it to me. Send it to me. Mm -hmm. He's a hypocrite and a liar, that shit. Yeah. But I think it's interesting nobody's trying to connect those two things, that the, the CIA secretly changed the whole, I guess, what's the, the embodiment process. of the, uh, right. the whistleblower complaint by saying you didn't have to have a first person, but you could do second and third person. That's right. On the on the heels on uh, on the precipice of this whistleblower coming forward. That's a coincidence. Maybe, by the way, maybe. But I'm I'm highly skeptical. And that's the point. When we have these close and proximity events and we're skeptical, you know what we are, Dave, according to the leftists? We're conspiracy theorists. Yeah. But when they link up, we've got the actual transcript of Trump speaking. And there's no connection. Well, you know, even though he doesn't link it, it's linked anyway. And you you recall, of course, Schiff coming up with what he then later claimed was a parody. What's really said is he's acting like a mafiosa. Mm -hmm. By the way, when the mafia sort of doesn't say that they're going to do something to you because they don't want to be so explicit, they still come into your liquor store and they knock down a few bottles and then they say, boy, you're going to need some protection. Like there's some linkage. Where's the linkage in Trump's conversation? It yeah. doesn't exist. You know as well as I do, it does not exist. And we're okay. gonna we'll talk further about this on Monday. That's the next time we can get together. We will That's have right. we will have four hours to dissect all this stuff and people are not gonna want to miss it. Robert Steinbach, right. I'm out of time. I gotta get to a God break. Bless. I appreciate you joining us on uh, you know, short notice. No, my pleasure. God bless. Take care. Have a good one. Bye bye now. All right. We'll take a break. Final break of the the Dave Ellswick show for today. We'll be back to wrap it all up. Going to get Carrie on here, talk to her real quickly about who she's bringing up here in the next hour uh, on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, back. Let's finish it up for a Wednesday tomorrow. Let me just tell you, we've got a really uh, great guest coming up at 3.30 tomorrow, and that will be Bill O'Reilly. No. He'll, he'll join us on the air tomorrow. Yes, I'm sure he'll have a lot of things to say with all this. How are you doing stuff. that? I've known Bill for a while. He's not going to be in Little Rock. Though. No, no. Remote. Yeah, remote. Yeah, by phone. 
You read his books, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, my husband reads yeah. his books. Yes, he writes great. He's a great writer. He's yeah. a big historian. Yeah, he's kind of, I guess like he's got a ghostwriter, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't know. I don't think he so. He and I like each other because we enjoy our politics. Because you're too. bald. You're both bald. <laughs> we both I'm, I'm by choice, all right? I just, I shaved my head one day. I just thought it would look good, and it did, so I stuck with it. You're lucky you don't have big ears. You know? That's, and a nice shaped head. Your mother did good. Yeah, she did good. She didn't let me lay on one side all the time when I took a nap. Mm-hmm. So I look. I I saw somebody walk into the studio. Mm-hmm. There's going to be on your show, and mm-hmm. I went, man. She'll let anybody be on her show. Bill is here today. So you know Bill. I know Bill. Yeah, of course. And He's, you know Tom. Yes. Okay. So let's tell the listeners, Bill, and you got to say his name right, Ingenton. Ingenton. That's right. Yeah, I always say Egan. Egg, yeah, Egginton, that's, but that's I used not to say right. it all. I used to Everybody say it that way it wrong, all the time. But it's Egginton, as well. Bill yes. Egginton, he owns Arkansas C Record and CD Exchange in North Little Rock. Yep. Um, everybody in radio business and music business knows Bill. And then Tom Wood f- from 105, if yep. anybody remembers 105, and from Tom FM. Right. And he's going to be on because Bill and Tom are old friends. And so I invited Tom to come on. You should come. You should stay and hang out too. We'll all have. I don't know, tell old stories on each other. Well, Bill and I, yeah. before the age of uh, everybody had a miniature computer in their hand, <laughs> used to play Ask the Experts. And we would allow people to call in and ask us, or we would ask at times, trivia questions about rock and roll. And then we would answer, and then we had the big, 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 big prize package which could be just, uh, you know, whatever I had in my pockets that day, throw out some change or whatever that we would give away. What was it called? Uh, the big, 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 big prize package. No, what was the ask? Ask Ask the expert. Ask the expert. So yeah. Bill is an old radio guy? Is that how everybody oh, knows yeah. him? He used to do, uh, he, did, he was on my show for many years over at the other radio station I was with for some time, 14 years. Well, I went in before the show today because I was reading about Bill and learning about him. And He's I'd, got every kind of record imaginable. Unbelievable. Sure. I went over today and thought, well, I need to just go over there and see what he's got. He And, um, he, of course, he's voted the best um, record store in the state of Arkansas. Of course. And probably w- in the country. Probably. And I went over there just to see, and I expected to walk in and it to just look like disheveled. You know, that's the it's way I It's in shape. It's so organized. Yeah. You've got to love what you do. Yeah. I took some pictures because it, you just can't believe it. And I'll post them next week on the podcast when we put this YouTube up and stuff. I'll post some pictures about it. But it's unbelievable. Here's the key. What? You saw thousands of records over at Arkansas Record and CD Exchange, right? Right. Here's a question to ask him. What? Ask him how many records he's got at his house. Okay. At his house or his show? At his house. At his store. At, at his, his house. house. Ask him how many he's got at his store. You'll be amazed at how many there are. But then ask him how many he has at his house. Well, it read that he has over 100,000 uh, CDs. Mm-hmm. No, no, 100,000 45s. Mm-hmm. I, that he has over 145 singles. And he has over 70,000 albums, vinyl. And he has 20,000 plus CDs. That's what I read. 
Not to mention all the DVDs he has. He's got a ton of movies and memorabilia that he has. I know. It's an amazing place. It kind of is. I can't walk in there and not leave for a couple hours. I know. I I texted out some pictures, some photos of his operation on my phone, and I didn't look at my phone before I left. And when I got in the car and was driving away, some people were saying, get this for me. Get this Carole King Tapestry album for me. Get, you know. And I was like, too late. I'll come back later. Only place that you can say, get me Carole King's Tapestry album in vinyl and have a real shot. He's got it. I just asked him. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. It's like he's got probably Uriah Heep and a whole lot of other groups that people. He doesn't censor. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't censor what he doesn't do. Just what he wants to hear. It's rap. It's classical. It's It's all of it. It's Motown. He's got it all. It's all of it. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. We're lucky to have um, Bill. He emailed me about six months ago about coming on the show, and I didn't really had never really heard about his place. And Uh then uh, you know, I booked him on and started learning about him. We're lucky to have him. He's in North Little Rock down on um i think it's called macarthur yeah it's drive. on macarthur drive uh-huh in levy uh, and it's quite an experience it's great to go in his place it really is a lot of fun and he's he's an up and up guy i'll tell you that much is he yeah he'll do business with you and he'll do fair business with so you. there are people i have learned that like to just travel around and visit record stores and they'll come from japan united kingdom and they go collectibles they're collectors and they go from state to state there's a real big group of people that do that i didn't realize that and so he has people come into his shop from all over the world and And they're they're willing to buy and they're amazed yes but i did ask him today i said how can you make money doing this really (laughs) yeah and he said it's not about making money there you go it's about love. It's about doing what you love. It's about love. That's right. Carrie. Love you. Have a great show. Thank you. Listen I, on your way home today. I got to get out of the way and let Carrie get in here. I'm in her seat right now, so I'll be leaving. Don't forget Bill O'Reilly at 3.30 tomorrow. That's all coming your way on the Thursday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.